Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash cultural stew. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Please listen carefully. Welcome to the Cultural Stew Podcast, coming to you from the Goat Factory Media Entertainment Studios. We are your cultural media recommendation podcast, giving you our take on what we think is worth carving your time out for, and also what we think you can pass on and maybe go cut that lawn instead. Warning, we use adult language, and there may be spoilers ahead. Hello and welcome to the Cultural Stew Podcast, episode 14 for the week of... June 10th, 2018. My name is Ron Harkins Jr., your host, and my co-hosts are... Tony Carter. Valerie Vidmar. And we have a special guest today. Kendra Hacker. Welcome. Kendra is... A fellow Jayhawk. And? <laughs> my niece. There we go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you always got... I mean, now you've had... Two. 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 Dewey was a Jayhawk. My dad sat in here, Jayhawk, Jayhawk. Well, we haven't had Dewey technically yet because they don't know who Dewey is because they haven't been introduced to him yet because I'm behind on the episodes. <laughs> That's okay. Dustin hasn't been in there yet either. Spoilers. I'm wondering if. Well, Dustin was on here during the actual show. Oh, he was. He also, I think, went to KU for a little bit. I have like six of those episodes sitting there that need to be finished I, up. I can help you soon. Yeah. So. Welcome to the show. Uh, it's been a busy two weeks. Uh, what have you been up to, Tony? I've been just writing and researching like always. So writing a movie soon, hopefully this week or next, and then spitting that out before or after my son comes. So a lot of crazy running around. Uh, theater season is still picking up. I have to do Survivors this uh, Monday and Tuesday, I think. It's a Wendy Cout play that Ralph Moranto, JCC commissioned and it's about the Holocaust, so... Doing it over at the JCC? I will be, yeah. Cool. So I'll be doing promo stuff for that and then recording it for archives. You made it sound like you were writing a film and oh, spitting it out right oh, after I am, the baby. I am. So you're like one of those people? Yeah. That's, I, I have a film itch. I was writing a play, I still am, but I just need to make a film so too. So you're going to write a film in a couple of days? Probably about a week. week? Yeah. Get that. Okay. When you got an itch, you got to scratch it. You do. Um, and um, baby is due when? June 22nd. Oh, okay, June 22nd. I was thinking. It was, and you had an anniversary and so did I. Yeah. We saw Infinity War. We saw it. That's right. Uh, yeah. See, if it comes out on the 22nd, you should name it Malcolm. Mm, Sebastian sticking. Middle I names, like Sebastian. Middle names are not coming to us so freely, but I know Grace wants an African one. Malcolm? So. Sebastian Malcolm? No. Sebastian yeah. Grant? Grant, not so much. I mean, Grant's what we use for our email. Actually, Grant She's is... She's lost. She doesn't yeah. know what I'm referencing. Grant is uh, Grace and Anthony combined together when we do our emails for spam emails but and stores. 22nd is also when Jurassic World comes out. Mm-hmm. So there's right. a Jurassic Park connection there. I would do it, but Grace wouldn't go for it. She's not a fan of those So movies. he gets a threesome. He gets the movie reference and Grace and Anthony. Grant. That's cute. Cute. Uh, so what I, have you been up to, Valerie? Um, <laughs> I am uh, riding high. A little bit on painkillers, but you know it, it, we're getting there. Um, let's see. Friday, we went to see. Was it Friday or Saturday? Saturday? That was Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, that'd be Saturday. 
um, my daughter Harper, who says that I never say her name on here. Harper, I'm saying Hi, her name. Hi, Harper. Um, <laughs> she is five, and her little tap recital, tap and ballet recital at St. John Fisher was that night. And then the same night, <laughs> Zoe and I ran over, Jay drove us, over to the Red Wings game because the Indian Landing, that was the night for Indian Landing. Uh, school. Yeah, the elementary school. That was their night to go. So I went for that, and um, it was a gorgeous night. I enjoyed just sitting there. It was really funny because I sat there, and I was like, hmm. So I leaned down, and I tapped. Who are we playing? I, I, I don't know. So I, behind me, this guy, I was like, okay. hey, who are we playing? I have no idea. Like, it had visitor on the thing. So I kept asking people. I finally got the answer. We, we, we played Buffalo. We oh, playing, the we, Bisons. Nice. Yeah, we are playing Buffalo. But no one had a clue. People are just eating cotton candy, not caring, <laughs> enjoying <laughs> the night, yep. talking with friends. So I did that. And that's what I've come to find out with in going to as many baseball games as I had is that over half the people that are there are just there to drink and have a good night. It they is. could care less about baseball. It's just the atmosphere is it a is. fun atmosphere to be in. And I was so happy to be out of the house. That's why nobody likes <sighs> pitching duels except for people that follow baseball. <laughs> like you? Because everybody likes exciting things to happen on the field. I don't know what they pitching like duels They like to cheer are. loud. It's when like nobody hits anything and the pitchers breeze through an inning and just strike out, strike out, strike out. Oh, right. We had one of those like two weeks ago that we went to and I was in heaven and everybody else was like, <laughs> uh, this is boring. Go home. <laughs> no, I think if it's a nice night, it's perfect. But Friday I, was a beautiful night. But we went home early. So I kind of, poor Kendra, um, who is, you know, youthful. She's 23. She's got, you know, all the energy in the world. And I keep signing her up for things like, you know what? Don't worry about it. You and your friends, I'll get you all set up. And hopefully if I can come, I will. But then I'll take you to a game. You guys can arrive mid-game and stay with the fireworks. She'll take you. It won't be a problem. So I'm just kind of saying you'll take people. You're up for that, right? Sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my God, this is <laughs> this my theater graduate is never quiet. This is about as quiet. Well, she's gonna, she's gonna have to open up on this episode one way or another because we kind of blew <laughs> up know, a couple of things leading up. To she this. will. She will. But anyway, that's all I really did. There's awesome. other things, but I don't remember them. So they'll come back to you. Sometimes that's a good thing that you don't remember something that happened. Depending yeah. on what it is. Um, I uh, we opened up Marigrounds season this week, so I got photos for that. They opened Mama up. Mia. Mama Mia. I saw those shots. They were nice shots. That's not all of them. I got a lot more to do, but you, you kind of get into this really like, what time did I get home? I think I rolled into home about quarter to two in the morning. Yeah. And so I had to get them back to them at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So I'm scroll. I How literally many shots had did you take? Probably the most I've ever taken in theater. It was like 2,200. Was this and that's mainly because I'm trying to do a fast shutter on a lot of the, the dancing mm-hmm. scenes that are. Mm-hmm. That was for Marigrown Finger Lakes Music. Oh, Theater okay. Festival. I thought it was like a high school. Like, wait, what? Okay. No. Mary's a good I would never put that much work into a high school show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I rephrase that. If you 
pay me, I will, but not willingly. I, yeah. You just put a lot of work into a high school I show. Did, did you just, get paid for that? I did not get okay, paid for just, that. Just, it was all volunteer. I did wow. Peter Pan. Yeah. I did the costumes, the lighting, the costume design, costume construction. You also rewrote the script. I rewrote the script. <laughs> and and in, uh, yeah. I directed as well. May I ask you why you rewrote the script? What about it need to be rewritten? Uh, we did the first version. So like the play came out first and then he wrote the book. We did the J.M. Barry. We didn't do the musical. We did okay. the play. And it was before he made any edits. It was the... Um, I'm not. I'm probably not going to go right on this date, but it was like the 1916 version. Okay. And he, uh, at the end of this one, Wendy turns into a witch, and she gets they, she gets fat mm-hmm. and turns into a witch. So we just kind of changed it to what his ending was in the book, which is Peter comes back and Wendy's older and Jane's in bed. I think that's sweet though. So that was the only thing we really changed. And we also uh, changed because there's a lot of uh, racism in the first early version. I recall I was going to mention that. But, so um, we had to change a lot of those for high school production because yeah, it kind of shocked the kids a little bit because they were like, isn't this a kid show? And we're like, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> but so. I think it was kind of cool because my sister, Wendy, was named after Wendy the Jane. character Wendy in... Wendy Darling. So um, she, they actually had her play the aged Wendy the in the play. Wendy. I thought that was really sweet. Anyway. That's cool. Uh, the other highlight of my week was going and seeing Jack White this week. And so I, on my list of people that I wanted to ever see and go and see a concert. I'm not a huge concert person. I'm not a big fan of the strobing lights and the loud people and the obnoxious fans and smells in general. So I typically... You're going the wrong concerts. <laughs> That's why any concert you can play. Mm-hmm. I just typically stay... Most Every concert is loud. Every concert has lights. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. And Got this it. is a rock concert, so it's checking off pretty much every single one of those boxes. How'd it go? Great. Loved it. Um, wasn't impressed by the opening act, uh, Radkey, um, as I was telling you, uh, Anthony earlier, it's just, they felt very amateurish to me. Um, kind of everything felt the same with the exception of like one song that I'm like stood out and like, yeah, that one can go someplace. And that's probably the song that got them to be the opening act for Jack White. Everything else was very much sounded the same, played the same. Everything had a guitar solo. All the guitar solos sound the same. They did the amateurish moves of like the head banging, the strutting across the stage of the guitar, jumping with the guitar, the back to back with the guitars, the guitars up in the air, like all the things that like if you asked a high school kid, like, what do you think a rock concert would be in the 80s? Yeah. And they like checked off every single box. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really for this. So where did you see it? It was at the Dome Arena. Henrietta. Henrietta. It's oh. our, one of our newer venues out here. I didn't know about started. it. Sorry. Yeah, they had a couple acts in here. Like this, like Vance Joy was in on Wednesday, and Jack White was here. We'll get you out more. Don't worry. But Jack's show was pretty amazing. You know, to see somebody who's been around for a while and 
the coolest thing to me was like he wasn't like at the end of every number stopping and waiting for people to <laughs> applause for him. I hate that. He was rolling right into like he would literally be playing guitar and just do a transition mm-hmm. and they'd be rocking right into the next thing. So there was like no like pining for adoration. It's like he's up there doing what he loves to do. He's jamming for two hours and at the end of it, you know, there you go. So back to back years, I get to cross off the top Good two people you. on my list. So I'm happy. That's cool. And they couldn't be more different. <laughs> no. his, Hans. his first was uh, Hans Zimmer. That's cool. She would really. Like he never it. goes on tour, and he just happened to go on tour last year. That's cool. So I got my. He, he was at, he was at Coachella. I mean, mm-hmm. he talked about that in the truck. She was asking me, "How do you know these people?" Well, okay, <laughs> I was a stalker. And then we were in the truck for 37 hours or however long. Basically how Valerie meets anybody. Stalker. (laughs) Stalker. Well, that sounds like you're on like a tractor trailer truck, but that's okay. (laughs) It does. You met them on the truck. Oh, right. The the ride down to uh, Georgia Death Race. Yeah. All righty. All right. Well, that wraps up uh, that on our docket today. We've got a ton of news that happened in the last couple weeks. Go through our recommendations of the week. We got Valerie going on. Whoa, everything changed here. It did. <laughs> no, it did. And um, I'm actually going to uh, talk about um, Hush. Hush. Hush, there we go. And we could talk about Ex Machina. But we don't. I'm surprised ex you didn't know machina, what that word was. Ex machina, You're a theater person? Machina. You should know how to pronounce that word. That's in Greek theater text. We talk about that all the time. I didn't study Isn't theater. I'm a film person. Like she is Greek. the theater person. I know, but still, they kind of mention it a lot. She was the one that kept saying it, dude. I was correcting her. Okay. We'll get there when we get there. It's one of those things that, like, you know, not everything is going to be pronounced right. As long as we get our point across, that matters more to me. Right. Um, So we got Hush, and I'm going to touch on the Sense8 finale, which was yesterday. And Tony's going to do Delta Force. I thought that said Delta Farce earlier. No. What? (laughs) Uh, Delta to a completely different movie that we don't really have any interest in okay. um, and then we're gonna basically shit show the rest of the show and see what happens All right. after that that's fine I think we're talking a little bit about theater and film crossing over yeah. kind of blew up our original stew. we can talk about I, I may talk about that instead of Delta Force Delta Force can be a different day so we'll see what happens Good okay. so what happened this week Tony well first off tonight are the Tony Awards so we have Josh Groban and Sarah Bareilles hosting. And we can talk. We were talking more that, about that later, right? We will. So that's just the tonight. What is tonight at on CBS, eight at, o'clock. There we go. Awesome. Radio City Music Hall. In case you want to stop by and crash. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they won't like that. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, you can just hang outside. They do these like singing dance numbers outside the theater now. I mean, so. I have a friend that's ushering. She'll just let you in. Yeah. That's the good thing about Usher is they just let you in. They just let you Standing in. Standing back. Yeah. Why didn't you do that? That's Eastman for you right there. She could have just let you in. You had an in this year. You want to sit down. This is her first time. I don't know if she wants to get in trouble. All right. So. What else happened? Uh, sadly, Anthony Bourdain passed away on Friday, I think it was. Friday morning in France. So, um that was heartbreaking for a lot of people. Jason was really sad about that. So, I mean, I didn't really know him personally or watch much of his stuff, but he had a presence and affected a lot of people. It was interesting because this was one of those ones that, like, across the board, like, everybody that even, like, heard of him remotely or watched something, there was, like, equal, like, shock and, like, 
oh man, that's like a really, you know, it's devastating loss to the community in general because he really just, he was one of those guys that told it like it was. Mm -hmm. He didn't give any shit about like, you know, your feelings in the way he said it, but it was universally across the board. There wasn't like one group saying, oh, well, at least we don't have this voice anymore. It was just like, well, this is a shitty thing to happen to the community. Jason never said, he just said that he had passed away. So I didn't uh, understand behind the scenes there. So, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's like sad, that's devastating. You know, suicide is a, we've talked about it before. The suicide is a, it's a shitty thing in general and it happens a lot each day. And unfortunately it takes the celebrity deaths for us to like have an open conversation on these things when that's part of the problem of why there are so many suicides is because nobody talks about, well, you know, the mental health closes you off. It closes off the party that is suffering from it and don't want to talk about it. And then the people that are on the outside are afraid to talk to the people that are suffering. Um, but it's like the thought of, being in so much pain, which is what I always was so um, kept thinking over and over and over, I guess, when Robin Williams died, was the fact that the pain he felt was so much that dying was better. It was a pain release. And he also felt like most people feel a lot of, I mean, I don't know, but that they are a burden to people. And you never know what it is, but it's a, it's it's sad for those around him and for him in general. But I don't know, and I and didn't realize that that's. Um, sadly, he wasn't the only no notable death. Kate Spade, um, Kate Spade was actually she was born in Kansas City, Kansas, or sorry, Kansas City, Missouri. That was that's a big difference. Um, she was fifty five, and she also went to the University of Kansas, um, and she launched her Kate Spade handbags in nineteen ninety three. Um, I don't even know what to say about this. She also hung herself in yeah the same. I I, I don't know. I I find it. I'm at a loss for words when it comes to things like this. I don't even know what to say because everybody feels like they've got to made money does not make anything. Money does not do a thing. Uh, suicide is one of those things that you know doesn't care if you're rich, doesn't care if you're poor. No, it's a mental thing. And sadly, we have a hard time talking about when we're down or if I, we have anxiety, if we have this again. I read, I read something the other day and it rang true. It's like, yeah, we, we live in a, a society that really doesn't shy away from talking about like, you know, breast cancer or testicular cancer. And so we openly talk about breasts and, and men's junk right. with abandon, but we rarely talk about something that is is treatable and can be helped a lot by just talking to somebody through suicide. A lot of it, which I've come across in my life, are people that don't believe that um, what you have is a real thing. So if you have anxiety there, you know, you just need to meditate 
or you just need to breathe. You just need to go exercise. You just need to do this and do that. You just need to calm down. Yeah, right. calm down. Um, and to you, be fair, in some cases, that is the right answer at the right time. Right. But it's how it's interpreted may not always be the way it needs to be said to that certain person. At the right but there time. are people that have chronic anxiety yeah. every single day. I am one of them. So it's just something that you, that you have. I have friends uh, that that have actually been struggling lately with it. So it's just one of those things, and, and, and it's hard to figure out to talk to about it um, and to take medication in general. I mean, my parents didn't really know what medication I was on, so having them come to take care of me was like, oh, crap, they're going to know now all the medication I'm on, which was like, and they didn't say a word. They didn't, which was really kind. I just... When you're in that, you shield it because you're ashamed or you feel like people aren't going to understand or people are going to treat you differently or I don't know. It's it's a hard thing to talk about, but I think it also makes some of the most interesting people. <laughs> and I'm not, just talking about myself. I'm just saying there's a lot that when you're in the arts or you're creative or, you know, um, you find it a lot in um, those fields, writers and creators and people that are in their heads a lot, coming up with new ideas all the time. So moving on from that, we'll talk about, yeah. We'll get there. You'll go there. Uh, what else was going on this week? Got a bunch of new trailers that came out. Anything that you saw? Well, I saw Stars Born on YouTube. Like, I always see my trailers because Apple is kind of being sluggish lately with their trailers. But um, Stars Born has Bradley Cooper and uh, Lady Gaga. I'm so excited. I did not know he could sing. Neither did I. I was shocked, and I was shocked that I was glad that she, like, I hate the Lady Gaga look. I like her normal. To see her sans makeup to that was actually... What... Nothing. I just got the death stare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I was calling her down. I was calling her Why? down. I'm not. I'm not upset. No, I no. I like Lady Gaga a lot. I actually saw her in May, December, December. I saw her in December. She was amazing, and it was the Lady Gaga thing. But she, it was for her Joanne tour, and she was more toned down than I've ever seen her. Because that that album deals with her depression and um, some of her illnesses. So she was very calm i will say that she is very outspoken about but i'm so excited she's the one that's been chosen to be in this film would was she the one that performed last year or was it the year before at the tony award yes yes but saying the summer was it? she's saying was it for, judy garland yes no, not judy garland yes she's saying somewhere over the rainbow right sorry in the big white yes. beautiful beautiful yes and that was like that was like her stepping point to say, like, I can sing. By the way, I'm classically trained. Yeah, she's classic. And that <laughs> was that was enjoyable for me because I was like, I hate popish music. And it was like nice. It was a freshing breath of air to mm-hmm. say, oh, okay. It's good to see that like behind that. Mm-hmm. There is that. A um, couple other ones. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet. Um, <laughs> looks like the emoji movie on steroids. I don't know if I can wrap my head around I it. I can't. Did you see the first one? The first one I liked. Yes. Um, 
I haven't liked either of the trailers I've seen for the I second haven't one. The trailers have looked weird. My daughter, my eight year old, was just like the, the no. funniest. The funniest part was the where she's in with the princesses and like that was it. Everything else outside, which of that has was, been leaked, and so you see the whole scene. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm not a Wreck It Ralph person. So um, the one that I'm really excited for is uh, looks really good. Is Bad Times at the El Royal with um, looks great. Who's in it? It's got Cynthia Arrio. Is it Jeff Daniels? I think Jeff Daniels, full beard. Okay. Um, John Hamm, Nick Offerman, and Chris Hemsworth as basically the villain. <laughs> I don't know the story of this. I don't know anything about. Sorry. It didn't really show too much of the story other than it's this. Uh, the El Royale is a classic hotel that straddles Nevada and California. So you can go there and you can choose whether you want to sleep in California or you want to sleep in Nevada. Oh, I because you that. have different laws between sleeping in Nevada and sleeping in California. I didn't know about yeah. that. But this cool. puts a little twist on it and like you go behind the scenes with John Hamm and you can see into everybody's room. And the first thing you see is, you know, uh, I hope I'm not screwing up. I think it is Jeff Daniels comes in and he's wearing preacher's outfit. And you see him in when John Hamm's looking into his room, he's digging out a chest from underneath the floorboards of the, <laughs> the room. And Cynthia Rivio is in another room full on singing. And for those who don't know Cynthia Rivio, she was in the color purple, the color purple. Let's make it up. Um, and so she's in there just jamming away. And at the end, by the end of the movie, she's running through the rain with a gun, holding it at the preacher. And, and he goes, just so you know, I'm not a preacher. And she's like, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got Chris Hemsworth just being a complete Looney Tune guy that looks like he's a hippie out of the 60s and 70s. Um, but he's, uh, I think he's positioned to be the bad guy in it. But yeah. it just looks fantastic. And it's by um, Damien Chazelle, Ooh. who did La La Land. So it's even okay. more like, ooh. That's Once interesting. I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, wait, no, 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 not this movie. I'm sorry, I'm confusing. Damien Chazelle is directing The First Man, which has Ryan Gosling in okay. it, which also came that, out. That so I was watching two of them. I watched, I didn't see that until you put it on here, so I was, that was my little yay here, my note. Um, I don't know how I feel so about it. Um, it it's got looks, Claire, Claire Foy plays his wife. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, Ryan Gosling. Uh, I like Gosling, but it just, he doesn't carry the presence of what I need know of Neil. the character i can't understand so but it, but it did seem to bring up a lot of things that i i didn't think about or things that maybe the public didn't know about I, it looks the question scary is, is to how me. close to the truth it is well i'm i'm sure that somebody will find how that much out. of artistic license there is with that well i'm wondering Somebody who's, had to pick him. I wonder why they picked him. Who's playing Michael well, and... Well, Damien Chazelle, he was from La La Land. Right. That guy. Who's playing Michael? together. I know. Brought him on over. Who's playing Michael and Buzz? Do you know? I have no clue. No clue? Okay. But I think I saw Michael Sheehan was in this, too. I okay. think I saw a brief, oh. like, he was sitting at one of the uh, councils. Okay. Um, please let me go, Please let me go, Okay. Um... <laughs> I have a struggle knowledge of NASA and stuff like that. So, um, why do you think about the casting? I don't know. I, I mean, I've not read the screenplay yet. I think it just came out yesterday, but I had not seen the trailer. Friday that the trailer just came out. It was like one of those, like, oh, okay. I am not on the same. 
I'm not against people playing real life people. They don't have to resemble them. I just I need them to play the part accurately. Like the right stuff was a very good film. It came out in I the eighties, and I watched that. That was a really long movie, but it was captivating, and the actors portrayed their parts in the right way. And I mean, my the standout performance for me in that role was uh, the film was uh, was his Ed name Harris. Ed Harris playing See? John Glenn. Yeah, he was he was yeah. excellent. So I actually got to meet John Glenn. Really? Yes. How was it? I met him when I was six years old, seven years old. <laughs> he because the high school that or junior high school that my sister went to in Arizona was John Glenn's high school. Mm. So he came and did the speech and namesake. We got to say hi. Hey, <laughs> do you have anything? You I had have... no clue who he was when do I met him. Do you have an autograph? No, he's six. I had no clue who he was. I just didn't know if they passed them out just no. preemptively. No, okay. I don't remember that. I saw a um, a trailer <laughs> for the first time today, actually, called The Old Man and the Gun, and it stars Robert Redford and Sissy Spacek, and I love them both. Um, it's the story of Forrest Tucker, who escaped San Quentin and then began to rob banks at the age of 70. That's all I know about it. And uh, but the fact that they're in it, I'm going to go see it. Now... Um, I believe the guy that uh, is directing this, he just directed I can't remember, a movie that I did last week, and I said he normally works with... Uh, Can you do the book club? Yeah. I think maybe it's the same, same guy. Same director? Uh, I don't want to well, you say were saying you were, I know you were talking about book club. You were saying he usually works with Rob Redford. I think it's the same guy, because I remember feeling like that the, he's got another one coming out with Redford, so... That's kind of interesting. I, I did see the book club again this week and stayed awake for the and whole thing. And stayed awake. And you you had figured out you lost how much time? About an hour. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did stay awake this so entire you time. Did a re- you did a review. On a movie I saw half of. <laughs> wow. Because I think. And I, Red yeah. flag. I know, but I well, didn't like, know how much I'd missed. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pass on that I'm going to say still go. For fun. Yeah. So it's still a go. There's a little bit of theater and film crossover news. Uh, in the Heights has been officially <laughs> greenlit and is coming out in 2020. So is Lin-Manuel Miranda's. I don't know how I feel about him playing the lead part. I know he originated the role and it's his baby, but I would give it to someone else. Why? Younger. Why? 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 I don't know. He still feels youthful to me. I know. Very youthful. I know, but I don't just... Mm, I it's don't okay. feel like it would. Why even see it if he's not going to be? Because the work is great without him. That's why he has understudies. Oh God! I like him a lot. I'm just saying, you give it to someone else. Let him. But he's also a big name draw. He's a big yeah. name draw. People want to so, see him. He's gonna. Truth me, like, I mean, my daughter. I mean, Zoe. I mean, I mean, I, I can't do even love express him, how much she loves this man. You know, she's. But I mean, are they going to bring back the the entire original cast of In the Heights? I don't know. I don't. Are we going to pull on my fair lady? Hamilton, half of Hamilton's cast to be back in it. Are we going to pull on my fair lady where we get everybody else except Julie Andrews? Mm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I I think it would be end up being good if Lynn is involved in any way. I I feel like it'll be good. Be Be better than rent, that's for sure. But um, it's a different story. Sorry. (laughs) So, uh, like I said, there's a lot of news. Rent the movie musical is horrible. 
Okay. S- a surprising news, Solo is completely bombing at the box office. <laughs> and because of this, there's also news that Kathleen Kennedy may be on her way out at Lucasfilm. You know what it is? Sad. Because Solo is Harrison Ford. And, and I just it. don't. I stand I by it, what I said I know. last week is that you uh, did a good review. He did not embody who I feel Han Solo was. Yeah. And when you lose that, then it stops becoming and it was hard to shake that. So I I still think they should they could have done without a solo movie. Just, I think so too. Um, I think I think you were on point. I was kind of talking to my sister about it. Um and I, and I can't say Ron Howard did a bad job because he mm-hmm. put together a fine film. It's a good film. It's a romantic-styled action in, in the way that the mm, 40s and 50s action movies were very much romanticized type. You know, think of mm-hmm. um, uh, Lawrence of Arabia. You know, it's, a very, it's, a, it's an action movie, but it's romanticized in a very mm. different way. Whoa. No, I mean, interesting do you know? Do you know what I mean by romanticized? Not yes, like yes. love interest is. It's no, just romanticized. It's a very. But I feel like you were right on cue when you were saying that the Lando Calrissian character that would have made it would have been interesting. And since he did a better job, that may have been yeah, a better I, movie. And it's kind of like why I liked Rogue One a little bit better is because you're learning about whole new characters, or you're learning about people mm-hmm. that you knew I enjoyed Rogue very Rogue little about. I feel like Han Solo is just too. It's just too big of a character that everybody loved too much, and so you get the emotions come in. Yeah, and we saw him over four films over the course of 30, 40 years. So it's like we've, we had enough of him. I think but Harrison Ford did too. He insisted that they killed him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he would not have signed on. Uh, finishing up here. We had um, enough of him? We had enough he of got, him? He gets restless. You feel like you had enough of him? Of Solo. Yeah. I didn't feel the 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 Han that we got. The last Han. At the last Han. Was the same. I Han. didn't feel like he was fully in it. No, I wasn't. And I still So, yeah, I, th- I feel like time. we got our fill of who Han Solo was. Mm-hmm. Right. Got it. There was, so there, it's such a big universe that there's so many other people that we can tap into. That, mm-hmm. Universe. It's kind of funny. Sorry. Galaxy. All right. Um, Marvel Fox deal is being threatened by Comcast because Comcast is offering all cash for it instead of Disney, who's offering all stock. So mm. that might go tank soon, but hopefully. What does that mean? Taking over? Uh, Fox is selling Fox. Okay. And Disney Fox. offered Fox Pictures, Fox Spotlight, everything. Fox. Everything. Everything under the Fox banner. Why? Because. Rupert Murdoch wants to sell it and get rid of it. Okay. And so part of that, as we've talked about before, was Disney, who owns Marvel, put in the biggest bid, which was $60 billion in stocks uh-huh. and other things. Um, and so the, the news to Marvel was that we get all of our properties that are sitting at Fox back, back underneath the Marvel banner. Now Comcast has stepped in and offered $60 billion in cash which means that the deal with Disney is flimsy here now. Um, but Comcast is evil, and we don't want mm-hmm. Comcast. Oh my God, I can't even imagine that. What? That Comcast, it just doesn't even seem right. Yeah, and so the only way now, and 
Comcast is saying they have a lot of lot more cash to add to that if Disney counteracts it because now what's what they're saying is that Disney is going to have to make a cash and stock offer. Which they top. could. They could, yeah. Do but they want how to? far are they going to push that? Right. How valuable is that Fox property? It's valuable to get those names back, but they were also, you know, you've got Fox Pictures, you've got everything else that's underneath that. You've got the Fox News Network and that and all that it takes care with it. But all the, you know. Fox Searchlight. It's a huge package. That's a possibility, though, if Disney buys it, right? Who knows? When I, I was, it, it's I was a commenting dream. It's on a Fox dream. News being, being booted. Um, one more superhero news. News came out this week of a guy who had watched Infinity War for 42 times. He is, yes, he was already up 42 times. And, you know, people were kind of mixing of you're insane, you're stupid, you're an awesome person. Hey. Too much free time. <laughs> it just came out yesterday that for all that, the Russo brothers extended him a premiere invitation to Avengers 4. So I wow. say, hey, if it took you 42 times of watching mm-hmm. Infinity War straight to get a direct God. invite to the premiere, I'd do it. I Probably his whole endgame. I can't imagine that <laughs> happening. Endgame. You yeah. would just have to, I mean, who knows if he really watched it. He just, he's got all of his ticket stubs. Yeah, but you got to slap through them all. So? He was at I've put a book on before. <laughs> you slept through the first one. <laughs> and Black I Panther. Did. But the third time I went to go see Beauty and the Beast, I had a book, brought the kids, fell asleep, listened to my book. (laughs) And the last little bit of news that I got is Val effing Kidmer is coming back to Cop Gun 2, which just started. Kilmer? Kilmer. 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 Val Kilmer. Gay Perry. Did you say Val effing Kilmer? Yeah. Okay. Kidmer. Kidmer. That's funny. Go ahead. Iceman. Iceman is coming back. Um, They just started filming this week, and uh, it has been confirmed that he's coming. So it'll be interesting to see what he's going to be, because he is far from looking like his Iceman days. Oh, Mm -hmm. far. Far, far. But Tom looks basically the the same. same. Because he's in a gym every day. Um, Vince Vaughn was arrested for DUI this morning. I think we're on clone number, like, 10 of Tom. So I I just wanted to mention that, because... um, Oh, Vince. Well, don't, no more drinking for Vince. Don't, don't drink and drive and be a douche. I mean, he could have killed somebody. It could have been a hell of a lot worse. He got lucky that... Oh, and resist, uh, resisting arrest. He's going to rehab. Look, yeah, you can be a through. douche without drinking and driving. I'm just saying drinking it is... Drinking and yeah. driving just Me. makes you a bigger one. Okay, that's fine. So, that's just... I wanted to bring that out, so... Just a... Mm. Yeah. Okay. I'm just disappointing, just disappointed Something in you in his life because he makes me upset. laugh and I'm very disappointed. Not that he cares. Okay. Okay. Well, that wraps up the news. Moving into the recommendation list. Anthony, bring you up first. Well, let's see here. Um, I was watching Delta Force because we were going to talk originally about war and all that stuff and not really a war film, but um, I was feeling that whole like festive, like it's a summer movie. And I remember watching it with my dad a long time ago. My dad would put on Delta Force, and I would hear the opening synths, and I would run into the room and start watching. Um, Delta Force, if you don't know, is about a plane being hijacked and the Delta Force coming to the rescue. Uh, Chuck Norris is in that film. Who else do we have in that film with him? It's Chuck Norris, George Kennedy, Robert Vaughn, Shelley Winters, 
and Robert Foster was it the film and Lee Marvin Lee Marvin sorry that was his last film yes um, but Robert is from Rochester um, which is another shout out to local people um, but for the longest time I thought Robert was you know Middle Eastern um, and he wasn't okay so good acting and believability um, it's a very uh, I wouldn't say cheesy but kind of dark action film I mean there's a lot of things going on in it um, where'd you was, watch it? home on dvd okay if they put it in theaters i'll go see it in theater but it was on my tv i was just feeling really like uh, yeah chuck norris is on tv <laughs> and i saw sidekick which was kind of weird because he's in that too um and said that's why she thought the force and i always played a theme song for my daughter and she bounces around the apartment singing and humming mm-hmm. it and jamming on her keyboard so yeah i mean i would say watch it because you know it's entertaining and and light of what's going on in this world um, things may get bad before they get good, but um, I don't know. I just it's really it's iconic Chuck Norris. It's Chuck Norris using his fists and not always using guns, and him being non-talkative but just doing what he has to do at the end of the day and saving the day. And part of the Chuck Norris lore. Yeah, mm-hmm. Chuck Norris jokes. I don't have any. I used to have a whole bunch in my head and I just let them out. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, for me, it was just really remarkable watching it as a kid and then watching it now and it still holds the same weight that it's still entertaining for me to watch and still keeps my attention. And you notice little things like um, this film actually captivated my attention for researching more. I mean, I was like eight or nine when I first watched it with my dad in a scene where they're making her, the, the stewardess, go through all the passports and pick out the Jewish people. I didn't know what that really meant as a kid, but then I saw the number on the guy's wrist when he handed over his passport. And I said, what is that? My dad said, well, look up the Holocaust. So I had him spell out the word Holocaust, and I went on to the library and started reading and reading. And that began my whole love of history and understanding. So now when I watch it, I remember, oh, this is when I first started researching things and understanding. Um, yeah, you can watch it on Amazon Video. Free? Uh, no, you have to rent it on Amazon and YouTube and Vudu. But if you want to watch it, there you go. But yeah, so I say watch it again. If you haven't seen it, watch it. I mean, it's not a feel-good film, but... The music is popping, and it's and Alan also did the score for Marvel: Infinity War. So there you go, too. Oh, that was Sylvester did that yes. music for this. I hate the '80s synth, though. I know, but it's iconic. Mm-hmm. Like Axel F. You have to know when you hear that, you know what it means. Yep. So, yeah. Absolutely. So I don't know. I just get nostalgic. I was born in '85, but I still think I was born in 1981 and lived through the whole '80s thing. <laughs> so I don't know. I just it felt good watching it again. So. It's been a long time since I've watched it. I don't remember much about it. It was one of those ones I watched with my father when I was younger. Valerie. Giving me jazz hands here. I'm giving you jazz hands because this isn't working. Here we go. Um, I just wanted to get this up here. So I rewatched. You have already done a review on this, but I watched um, Ex Machina. Ex Machina? Machina. Machina. See? It doesn't I matter. I didn't say it before. It's okay. I didn't do a review on this. Magana, I yes. did a new view, Rivana's newest film. That's right. And mm-hmm. it, oh, okay, right. Got it. Sorry. It, so, the one that was so forgettable. I've already forgot the name of it. Okay. <laughs> um, so I rewatched it, um, and Kendra saw it for the first time. Uh, and it has our girl Alicia Vikander. Yeah, she's in that. She's most notable for right now Tomb Raider, but. She's been in Danish Girl. That's what she got her Oscar for. Right. 
She's no, most notable to me from Ex Machina. Right. I mean, I, I didn't that know was it was the same I person. Her. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't. she's bald and a robot. <laughs> well, I first got her attention because I realized she was Michael's partner, Michael Fessenbender. I realized they were dating and I saw him in shame. So I said, hey, what's his girlfriend doing? And then I saw that at his and I said, I should watch it. And I, yeah, I'm crazy. Continue. And the guy, the um, yes, main character. Oscar uh, Isaacs. Not? Yes, please. Thank you. Star Wars. Totally. Mm-hmm. Man, did he look different. I didn't even know it was the same person. What? At all, shaved head. And- um, anyway, it's about uh, a kid who wins. He thinks he wins um, a week this, a week to live with this egomaniac. Yeah, guy who has invented something, and he's gonna let him know about it, but he can't tell anybody and have to sign all these waivers. So basically, he decides that he's going. He made a um, artificially intelligent woman and the kid is there the kid played by Domino Gleason. thank you from um, Harry Potter there we go see that's why she's here um, to test to find out if he can actually tell if she is really a robot or it's if the Turing test yes yep. named after Alan Turing see I can't, my brain is not able to function in at that depth. <laughs> but um, I I enjoyed it the first time. I kind of happened upon it the first time. I don't even know if Jason saw it. and But I can't remember if he came in. He came in for a little bit and I don't know if he finished it. But um, I like the fact that even though this sweet kid uh, truly had feelings for her, she uh, whipped him out in the end. She tricked him out in the end. And uh, it's kind of cool to see that happen. Um, but I recommend that. That was great. And then we also watched Hush. Because uh, when Kendra comes to town, uh, when Dustin comes to town, it is, you know, horror film time. Now, we like horror, not slasher normally. Um, but we were big watched, thriller people. Yeah, big thriller. We found on Netflix Hush, um, which is, <laughs> I kind of joked that it was like Wait Until Dark with Audrey Hepburn if uh, you were in black and white and she were blind. This girl is deaf and mute and she's being terrorized. Um, by her by this guy we don't know why don't know why I don't have that back info could have used something there he just shows up does it make suspenseful without knowing the backstory why do you need that well so in the strangers she asks why do you do this yeah why did you come and or why is this happening or something because like that. you were home because you were home or because you opened the door or something like that that was it but that's all you needed we have no idea why this guy comes this in. This guy just shows up with a crossbow that has a bunch of marks on it, and we don't know why. Just, why he's there. He's just, he just finds out that she's deaf, and so he just like walks in her house and messes with her and terrorizes her. Pretty, ba- pretty badly. Mm-hmm. Pretty badly. But um, it got great reviews, and I don't know if I put my 
I think I put the blanket over my head maybe once or twice, but it wasn't like that's that's when I know it's a really good one. Like if I can't watch it, I might have done that. It kind of reminded me of the the newer film that just came out with Emily Blunt and her husband. The, Quiet where the, Place. Yeah, Quiet Place. Love that movie. Yeah, I think you talked about it on one of these episodes. Last week. Last mm. No, a couple, couple weeks ago. ago. Yeah. Because we would go into her mind where she wouldn't hear anything. And then like it would all of a sudden drop back into you could hear something. So that, that aspect mm. messed with us I think, a lot. I think that's an effective use of um, audio editing. Mm-hmm. That it was jumpy. It made us, we were actually yelling at the television. <laughs> Speaking of jumpy, did another trailer that also came out this week, Halloween. I told yeah. you about that. Well, it, just, it just got released, the trailer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Jamie's back in there. The original screen And now screen she's queen. hunting him. I know. Like he's badass. Oh, who cares? I think it's it's time. It, it, the Let's series bring Corey needs to be Feldman put to back that. in it too. Why not? Sorry. Sorry to interrupt that. It was no, just no, no, you no, 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 it's fine. Movies. Anyway, this was on Netflix. <clears throat> um, it stars... Kate Siegel. And yeah. it was written by her husband. And they actually wrote it with their house in mind. And they wanted that house. And so they actually filmed it in their house, I believe. And, which is when you watch the film, you're just like, oh my gosh, that's someone's actual house. Mm. That this is happening in because there are things that happen to the house. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, it was worth it. Don't you feel like it was worth a watch? Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I didn't. It gets a little bloody. I'm not, not going to lie. At the end, in the beginning, it's a little slasher. There's a little slasher in the beginning and in the end, a little slasher. But um, it's it's a, it's a fun little watch. So well, and the guy that's the killer, he's originally from Broadway, and I can't remember right now what show he's in. Yeah, here we go. Now the guys are coming up. I gotta look it up. What's his name? I can't remember. So it's interesting that the production company is Blumhouse Productions. Oh, yeah. Oh, Gallagher. Okay. Yeah. John Gallagher. He was in uh, Hamilton playing King George. Thank you. Oh. Did not know. Yeah. What would have been I mean, he's funnier known. if it was the other Gallagher and he was walking <laughs> around with a big mallet smashing watermelons all over the place? He's be- I guess he's better known for uh, Spring Awakening, though. Yes, 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 with Leah, yeah, Michelle. I wonder why they brought How in a different of a movie. He's a good would actor. That been if instead of he walked in there with a mm-hmm. crossbow, mm-hmm. he walked in there with holding a mallet. <laughs> so you don't have a problem with Broadway people going into movies? No, because it's a natural progression. Yeah. Just the opposite, right? Bothers you? Yes. Okay. Sorry. We'll get into that. We will get into. We that. We will get into that. So that's a that's a. Go ahead and see it if you enjoy thriller movies. And it's on Netflix. So. Cool. Moving on. And that, that one's been out for a couple of years or is it just released on Netflix? It's come out last it year, didn't it? March 12th, 2016. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, I have been excited. I've been waiting for... Um, there's a show that came out on Netflix a couple of years ago called Sense8. Uh, takes place... Um, it's an international movie of people of all different uh, makes and backgrounds and basically deals with eight individuals that are mentally and, uh, connected to each other. And basically how to wrap up the show on a very short uh, thing. It's an evil corporation trying to take those eight people and turn them into basically 
not so much weaponize them, but use them for nefarious purposes. So you have these eight people who slowly develop this ability and realize that they're all connected to each other. And like one person can step into another person's life, um, in an instant. So mm. like you have, um, uh, Bach, I forgot what moon, um, who's from Japan or, and she know, or China and she knows martial arts. And then you have somebody else, um, that's a character that he's in, uh, Africa and he gets confronted by a bunch of people and they're trying to fight him. And all of a sudden they mentally connect and he's now inherited all the martial arts that huh. she had. And he starts becoming known as Van Damme because he has moves like Van Damme. But these are like the way they start getting to interconnected with the people. Um, like another guy is, um, he was a, I guess what you would call like a German mafia's son, very gun runnery. So he knows like how to work guns. You have other people that are tech nerds that are in California or Oregon in the West in this coast, but it, it's a very international film. So there's somebody on basically every continent and they all come together to, by the time go after these, but it's also one that it's directed by the Wachowski uh, sisters mm. that who used to be the Wachowski brothers who were behind the matrix and both of them have, have um, transitioned and they're, so they're both trans transgender sisters now. And it's Lily and Lana Lily and Lana. Yeah. And so Lana has been the primary on the whole series. And, you know, one of the, you know, the big things is two of the characters, um, um, this movie, this whole show has tapped into the whole, uh, pride. Um, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought here. And so you have a transgender, um, person that's in one of the lead roles. And then you have, um, a, a homosexual couple. That's another set. And the way it plays with all this, the sensual sexual tension between the eight of them being connected and it, things happen that are really interesting and weird how it goes throughout the series, but it's tapped into culturally outside of the film that L B G T L A X. <laughs> no, because I always screw this up. The L B G T Q society plus society. Yeah. Um, have really embraced this show because of the inclusiveness of it. And underlying this whole thing is just that. It's just that, like, you know, breaking breaking what you think of how people should live and how people are tied into boxes. Like mm-hmm. um, Michael, who is his parents, and now he's Nomi, after he's been through the transgender process, and his parents are still the old stodgy, Mm-hmm. Um, people. So you have like them being approached through there. But anyways, long story short, the show was canceled. Mm. Yeah. But the show was canceled without an efficient ending. And it got announced uh, over the winter that we were actually going to get a finale and it arrived on Netflix on Friday night. What did you think? Loved it. Okay. It was I, two I, and I, a half hours. I tried watching it. I mean, I'm in the mood. Sometimes I give things 15 minutes and yeah. then I'm done. But um, The finale was definitely for the fans. Gave them closure on the story. Your review makes me want to watch it, though. The end scene is pretty intense. <laughs> the last, I, I like, think I can handle 10, it. 10, 15 minutes is pretty intense. 
but um, it was a good closing for the the for the show. Is there you an know, age range of, that you would say would enjoy it, or are there movies of like different kinds of shows that if they like this, they'll like that? Which was my father's feedback that we need to do. If you would like this movie, you would like that. Movie. Oh, I have one. What? This is so unlike anything else that's out there. Mm. Okay. For me to put to find a point and say that, like, you know, it's like, because it's a little mix of everything. But it you seems know, like, it, you, you it got, does seem like. You've got the people behind new. Matrix that, you know, there's going to be action in it. Sure. You know, that's a given. And yeah, there's some pretty intense uh, martial arts or shooting scenes that happen in it. But, you know, they try to play the thriller aspect of, like, you trying to figure out, like, oh, how, why did this all happen? How is this all happening? Who's behind it? And then the show got canceled and you never got the answers to any of that, which is what happens a lot. You know, there's right. a small market of people that really enjoy the show. You lose it. And What's you never it rated? This would be TVMA. Mm. Okay. So. Or even higher than that. 14 plus? No, I think MA is the highest, isn't it? 18 plus? 18 plus. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's it's sexually explicit big time. Okay. I mean, it's not anything you want to have a kid in there watching unless. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it. it. As a fan of the show, I was glad to see that it came back, got the resolution. And and then at the end, the last 15 minutes was was specifically for the fans. You know, it gave people who who stuck around for everything it gave them a little bit of like here you go it's nice yeah but uh yeah i i highly recommend the show it's not for everybody you know you if you have a very open mind and you're up for anything watch the show and just enjoy it (coughs) so but if if you get squeamish or you know you you know have certain things that you don't like it's not going to be a show for you it's just this is very open about what it is and who it's by, and you know it's it's interesting that it, it it took Lana and Lily to make this because I think Lily, so Lana was already transitioned mm-hmm. first, and Lily I think over the course of making this transitioned because it was only recently, um, but to see you know there's there's a lot of pride stuff that is pretty awesome to see in the show that you don't see anywhere else. You don't, you don't get that exposure in anything else. And, uh, fittingly they released it in pride month. Awesome. Wow. So I'm going to give it another go. Just let your mind enjoy the absurdity of some of the things. And I, I really enjoy their sequences of when they start melding when their minds are like, you know, like, they're on five different continents, but all of a sudden they're all in the same room and they keep the way they keep cutting with the camera is like, Oh, you'll be that. And then they'll be in that. And so you, like your mind is like, who's, who's actually in the same room. And you find out like nobody's in the same room. They're all in different spots. And then they'll walk around a corner and then they're actually with somebody else physically. And then, yeah. Okay. It's just unique. Hmm. So with that, we're going to take a short break and we will be right back. For you, 
you, the listeners of the Cultural Stew Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Hey, Valerie, what have you been up to in Audible World? I was very excited because this week, um, I believe that I spoke about Beartown. Yes. Which I loved. And then it seemed like so long they were going to have this, the sequels coming out. And then finally we realized, oh my gosh, it's out. I, was, I feel like I was the first person to buy it because there was not even a an audio sample on there, which they have on everything. Who did Beartown? Um, Frederick Bachman. Okay. Um, Friedrich Bachman. And what's his what new one his? about? Um, well, it's called Listening to Us. And... It's the follow-up to Beartown. That's wrong. Listening to us that's, against you? That's wrong. Awesome. I'm listening to us against you. Again, the mind is in a fog. And I'm <laughs> and okay. blowing the fog away, and it's coming up. So um, Marin Ireland reads this. She read the original one as well, and she does a wonderful job. And I can't recommend this more. So Beartown and then Us Against You. Um, about a hockey town. I never cared about hockey. Ooh. Um, just never did and learned so much about it, but it, it, it goes into so many different people's lives and, uh, feelings, um, uh, feelings of loss and it stays with those, which I said before. And now we're having, um, the, what happened at the end of the book, um, what they were all leading to is, um, being dealt with in this book, but she's also doing, uh, he, sorry, I'm thinking of the narrator, but he's also doing such a great job of writing where there's something else that big that's going to be coming. So I'm ready. I'm, I'm trying to get all the listening I can in, but. And if somebody wanted to listen to this, how would they go about it? Maybe go to the audibletrial.com slash cultural stew. I believe that's the first time I said it right, and I'm that's amazing. But definitely, go to audibletrial.com slash cultural stew. You'll get a month free. You'll get a free audiobook. Free audiobook. That you don't is, have to turn back. Which is huge. People go it. up there and go go get something huge, like a Harry Potter book that costs 32 bucks or 112263 by Stephen King. That's, that's a... That's a $30, $40 book as well um, and get it for free and listen to them. Um, and get hooked. And yeah, it's great for your car, for long, I mean, we're going into the season of people traveling all over and going on summer vacations. This is great for kids and everybody to listen to books. It brings you together. You're listening to the story together. Um, I dig it when you're doing chores around the house and just put on, listen. Once again, that's Audible. Slash cultural stew for your free audiobook. And back to the show.
And welcome back. Uh, today, Stu, like I said, we decided to blow up what we were going to originally talk about. So we're going to talk about something different since today is Tony Awards Day. Um, we are not fully prepped for this, but we so happen to have a guest who is somebody who is involved in theater. Tony and I are involved in theater in different ways. And felt I know nothing. She's related to me. She's related to her. There we go. So I know stuff. We're going to make this up as we go along, and (laughs) hopefully this is interesting. If not, um, Mm. give it about 30 minutes, skip it, and go right to the uh, radars. Okay. So, Tony Awards. So, tonight we have Josh Groban and Sarah Bareilles hosting. We have a lot of celebrities coming and hosting. Mm -hmm. Some have been on Broadway, some have not. These two have. These two have. Yeah. I mean, we had Neil Patrick Harris, who was in a couple shows. We had Hugh Jackman a couple years back. Mm-hmm. Whoopi wasn't really on Broadway, but she produced a show that was on. So yeah, she was just, on she Broadway. Was a, mm, yeah, she's produced. She's been in New she, uh, Crystal. Her, and her first show was on Broadway. Was she in the show? Yes. It was a one-woman show. It was oh. taped by HBO. That's what made her mm. huge. That's when Steven Spielberg saw the show, and he decided to put her in The Color Purple. Mm. Are you? Are we being serious here? Nobody knows about. I did not her know about one that. We're talking show. about like a dramatic one-woman show, or we're we talking about a comedy special. No, it was dramatic. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, Didn't know that. Look it up. Find it. It's well, it's I'll spectacular. It's about when she has like she uses her shirt when she's a little girl, and she has a white shirt, and she brings it over her head, and she pretends that she has long blonde hair. Is it coming back to you? I will look it up. But so it's, far, I just know her as a producer. Excellent. She's she's fantastic. And then she plays different characters. Um, and she... And she said she wasn't going to have any... Yeah, anything to say. say. Yep, nothing I'm, to say. Nothing know, to say. But, and she said more than all of us uh, so but far. seriously, guys. But, but the Tonys are tonight. Yes. 8 o'clock, CBS. Yeah. Um, It's a week season, week yeah. year. I'm not going to bash it because I love theater a lot and it's nothing to bash. But it's just the season didn't really... Wow me. I mean, it's led by Mean Girls and SpongeBob SquarePants with 12 nominations. And then Angels in America, Carousel, and Band's Visit with 11 noms. And so. Yeah, so we've got Frozen, Mean Girls, and SpongeBob up for Best Musical. The funny thing about Mean Girls is that my friends who produce submissions only on YouTube were making fun of Mean Girls. And they had this whole thing where they had a song and dance thing, like an inside joke with the characters about a Mean Girls musical. And it took that show being over for them to actually make it real. Means Girls musical. None of the songs from the web series carried over, but it's funny. I, I have to say that this is the first year I really could care less about what's being up there. Sad. Um, and one big thing that's come out is, yeah, is the commercialization of what's coming out this year. But something that stuck out to me yesterday, I was reading an article. This is the third straight year, possibly the fourth straight year of a nomination for um, an off-Broadway, something that came from an off-Broadway nonprofit show. So that would be a band's visit. Mm-hmm. The previous years were Evan Hansen and Hamilton. Hamilton. They all came off of nonprofit off-Broadway. And it just kind of re-emphasizes like, yeah, if we're focusing on the commercialization of what's happening, maybe we need to start focusing on like those off-Broadway shows mm-hmm. because they're out there. That's what's winning. The Mean Girls and the Frozen and everything, that's drawing people into the seats. Right. But the other ones are there, too. Um, I haven't seen bands of it. I've heard great things about it. Um, just nothing, you know. Well, no sidetrack here. My friend who was in New York City told me this a long time ago, probably when I was, you know, a teenager. And they said that Broadway is not about, you know, oh, you've arrived. 
It's really about money. So Broadway theaters, equity rules and whatnot, it's not about, oh, well, this is a great show and this is going to be memorized. It's about how many people do you think we can get in these seats? So Broadway is the number of seats. That's how equity makes their laws and bylaws. And that's how Teamsters get their things is that we have a thousand plus seats in this theater. So we'll move you to Broadway. Now, that's not saying all Broadway shows are, eh, it's just saying that all like Lion King, those are hundreds of seats you're getting there. Oh, yeah. And you're looking at a standard play, like say Superior Donuts that came out in Steppenwolf. That was a small theater. And it still got to Broadway, but it took a while for it to get enough traction, the Tony Award and the Pulitzer Prize for it to get pushed onto Broadway. Mm -hmm. Because before then, like, it just, no one cared. It was just a small little intimate show. It was in front of a donut shop, in a donut shop, and no one cared about it. But it was still important. Like you said, Off-Broadway is important, but the producers couldn't justify expanding their seating and making it on Broadway. And speaking of which, Superior Donuts had a TV show, I think, on TBS. There. Yeah. It was kind of weird, but it was entertaining because the first season was just the whole play on tape. And Well, it, I mean, it, tapping off into that a little bit, I mean, the shows that are going to come regionally or locally to your theaters for your productions to do them, you're not going to see Frozen. You're not right. going to see uh, Mean Girls. Those are going to be Broadway or they're going to be on tour. The stuff that will bands visit mm-hmm. – Evan Hansen will make its way down into local theaters. Even Hamilton, eventually, after it's done doing its run in three or four years, yeah. will be released and start doing it. Yeah, you know, they are. They are Evan Hansen just uh, released their the rights. Yeah, yeah. So they fast. actually just released uh, all the cities they're going to be in. Um, uh, a couple of days ago, actually, they just posted those. But yeah, I mean that's that's for the the regional tour. What I'm talking mm-hmm. about is like when it now oh. funnels down to like Lord Jiva can do it or Blackfriars can mm-hmm. do it. Oh, I'm when sorry. When you break away from like those um, that are funded, like okay, you know they're gonna they would come to our auditorium here, Rent you know, and Cabaret, but you wouldn't okay. see them in any of your local theaters until a while. And okay, got it. The, those are the ones that are more suited to local theaters than something like Frozen, which is going to be a technological nightmare for anybody to put on. <laughs> oh, and yeah. then you have to deal with the rights. I mean, how many, you know, I don't think anybody's put on Lion King yet because I don't think the rights are. I think it hasn't been like. It was in. You can do Lion local, King Jr. Not locally, but I think yeah. someone has done Lion King. So. Not the adult version, like Lion King Jr. Maybe. Well, yeah, I, there's a there's a junior just about of everything. Right, Lady mm-hmm. Jr. Lion King in Chicago was that that again? We're still not talking what you're talking about. Lion I saw, King. I saw Lion King. That's a tour, probably. It was a tour. Okay. It's okay. I'm just I'm just trying to just show like, you know, you've got the commercial stuff, and then you've got the stuff that can be really good and mm-hmm. win those awards are the other shows. But we just happened to luck out with Evan Hansen and, Exe- and Hamilton in the last couple of years that they yeah. were also very successful. Mm-hmm. So, but are you saying there's a different? Okay, say I, I'm trying to understand what you're talking about. So we have the tours of the people that get selected, and these same people tour all around. Are you talking about um, having open auditions for a show, and they're going to put it on? Okay, so in each of the major cities, there is. Um, like the RBTL is what it's called here is the Broadway theater Mm -hmm. league. They belong to a network of shows. So when you bring a show out of New York city and you start putting it on tour, you have a blanket number of cities that you're going to hit. So you're going to hit Rochester, you're going to hit Buffalo, you're going to hit Toronto, you're going to hit Chicago, all across the nation. You haven't Hanson's not going to stop here. Um, And there's, there's reasons for it. They're they're missing. Yeah. Um, Okay. But those are, 
a different level of equity type theater. So they okay. are professional people that are hired from the New York City or they've been auditioned from other places and have come to New York City to get hired on the tour and the one okay. on the tour. Then you have other theaters like locally where you have uh, we have a Jiva theater here, Lorts. which is an act. Lorts, yeah. yeah. They're, I, what's the definition? It's um, I, I'll get it to you in a minute. Those are a different type of regional theater. Um, I'm, okay. I'm saying the regional theater thing a little bit differently because the RBTL isn't really a regional theater. It's a um, touring theater, mm-hmm. I guess would be the League of Resident Theaters, Lort. Yeah. And so Jiva will house more newer stuff. Um, like brand new musicals, mm-hmm. uh, brand new plays. Mm-hmm. They do anywhere between 10 to 12 shows a year there. And occasionally they do something like In the Heights, you know, because the rights for In the Heights are out there. So mm-hmm. they'll take something like that or they'll do Spam a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, before they can do it, it has to be released. So it's got to do its tour. And then when it's done with the tour, they can release those out to the other theaters to be able to have, you know, whether you theater, Bob, uh, Anthony and Ron's uh, corner store theater or high school. But we have to pay, mm. but we still have to go too. and pay to do it, produce it. So we still have to go to like uh, Dramatis um, Music Theater International is one. Yeah, yeah MCI Samuel is French. A big one. Samuel French. So you have to pay them for the rights to produce the show. Playing you get the, the scripts, you get all the things, and then you as a local theater can do it. But it has to go through certain channels before we finally get something like that, mm-hmm. and. Dear Evan Hansen, I think, is going to be one of the first ones off this last wave that probably be in. I Hamilton's think, coming. I think Great Comet might be. I think well. we are getting. I think we're getting that. Hamilton's coming as part of the Broadway Theater tour. League. Yes, yes, I'm, yes. Yeah. But it, you won't see it at a level like Jiva won't do it right. or right. Blackfriars won't do it for no. a while. But it's something that they could do, whereas something like Frozen. Too much. It's way too much. And mm, it's, right. Not anything anybody. It's kind of like this. What happened here, where Rent was on Broadway, it was on Off Broadway at the. Uh, I can't draw the name of it right now, but it was Off Broadway. Then went to Broadway at the Leelander Theater, and then went on tour. There was the Benny and Angel tour, which I saw the Benny tour in ninety nine, two thousand in high school, and then it went away. Then it had a revival. Then it went away again. Then it had a last showing on Broadway with um, a friend of mine in the show, and then it finally went away. And then as soon as that happened. JCC grabbed the rights immediately, and Ralph did it for summer stage or and that was Rent. It wasn't Rent Junior, it was just Rent. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the first in Rochester to do it, I think, or did Blackfriars do it first? I think, I'm think i not sure who did it first. I think JCC, I think Ralph grabbed him first. And so it's about waiting, because, I mean, same thing happened with August Osage County and Superior Donuts, where Jeeva didn't want August because they thought it would be not family-friendly enough, so in this conservative theater, so they said, we'll do Superior Donuts, which is smaller cast and not that much in your face. And then at that same time, Ralph wanted Superior, but he realized that Jiva had it, so he realized he could get August instead, and he got August because he didn't really have to pay equity actors and all that stuff. And So community theater has its place. We get a lot of shows that regional theaters like Jiva or Syracuse Stage or Arena Stage in Buffalo don't want, and it's just a waiting game, really. It's just but it, you're not going to be able to cast in a local theater. You're not going to be able to pass... Lion King. No, that's a lot of in in the same format that they would cast it at the RBTL or on Broadway. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have a hundred people, and you're not going to have somebody that can make all those costumes and puppets. It's and just there becomes a, a limitation because of its marketization and its commercialization. Mm-hmm. But so and that's why it's coming. Oh, yes. right, hair. Yep, yeah. So that's why, like, looking at the, these 
top, th- uh, was it four? Three? Four? It's four. four. It's and four. three of them are, you know, Mean Girls is kind of borderline, but it's commercialization. It's taking, some, you know, that, A movie. that movie and trying to capitalize on the marketing of it. Like Lulu Bond did the same thing. Like Heather's? Heather's was a musical, Heather, right? It was off Broadway, yeah. but yes. Oh. Oh. So, um, commercialization is how I think Broadway survives in a way because it gets people to New York City to see these shows. Like, Lion King is still running, I think, hasn't closed. Mm-hmm. And we had Wicked on there for a while. Rent was on there for a long time. Lay Miz was on there forever. Um, Cats there. Too. Phantom is still there. Still there. So, there are some mainstays that stay in their theaters and they just a revolving cast. Was it Andrew Lloyd Webber has he's, four shows right now? Yeah, and he's or, getting a special, he's getting a Lifetime Achievement Tony today mm-hmm. with yeah. Cheetah Rivera. Mm-hmm. She was on last year, wasn't she? Wasn't she? Yeah, she was in it for last year, and she was nominated. Oh. But speaking about commercialism, uh, best play we have Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, mm. and the Children, and Farinelli and the King, and Junk, and a one-man show, Latin History of Morons by John. I cannot say his name. The Gasmo. Thank you. Yeah, that one looks. I I actually would love to see that one just because I like him. He's hilarious to me. And he's, he's getting a special Tony tonight as well. He is. Yes. Oh, cool. With Bruce Springsteen. Mm. Um, the Harry Potter one, that one just came over from England. Right? Mm-hmm. On the, was it at the West End or was it? Yes, at, it was okay. at the West End. Angels did too. Angels transplanted from the West End as well. They were in London. Nathan was giving interviews in UK for a while. That's where they were set up. And then they brought it over here too. So. And that's got Andrew Garfield, Nathan Lane. And They're both nominated. Lee Pace. Yeah. For Tony. Lee Pace is in that I think too. He, isn't it Lee Pace? Isn't he in the show? Or someone, I think it's... I can't Hayes. quite remember. Give me a second. I'll look that up right, right. now. But I think it's Lee Pace. I so. would say who he is in the Marvel world, but I <laughs> might have not seen that movie yet. So She wow, hasn't seen any. I've seen some. She's seen some. I have. We, we made her prep a little bit for the superhero show a long time ago. I saw some. <laughs> yeah, Lee Pace was in it. Yes. Did you see Guardians of the Galaxy? No. I want to show her. You should watch part one and then you can two. show her who Lee Pace is. Yes. But they were so annoying in that... Have you seen like, Control Alt Delete at all? No. No. Halt and Catch Fire. Why do I always say Control Alt Delete? It's Halt and Catch Fire on AMC. No. Mm, it's a good show. You should watch it. And most of it's on Netflix now, so I think you can catch out on most of it. I think I've heard it. It deals with basically the um, the start of um, the computer revolution. Okay, yes, I started watching that. And? I mean, I watched it. I started watching That was a long time ago. Well, time ago. It's like not even three years ago. <laughs> That's a long time ago in my can- brain. They've already canceled the show. They're finishing up the last. But it's got Lee, Lee Pace and Scoop McNary in it. It's a really good show. Okay, as long as we're going on, I just want to say that Whoopi Goldberg, it was direct from Broadway in 1985. I watched it. I was just, I was born. It was spectacular. Um, you can watch it on YouTube. Thought. Um but it is absolutely fantastic, and that is where Spielberg. Steven Spielberg found her. Okay, and watch it is I will so worth a watch. Look it up; I'll find it. It's it's probably in the really, library. Really, really, I think you'll, I think you'll be Citizen, impressed by it. I'm not losing my. Mind. I like her as an actor. Well, she's spectacular. I watched it, and I was a kid. I had no idea what was going on for part of it, but she, she's really fantastic. She's a good and, actor, and she was broke as a joke. Broke. When she had this. Okay, moving on. So, do we have another? Are we we have, categories? Or? Well, I've got the best revivals. We've got Carousel or musicals. Best revival is Carousel, My Fair Lady, and Once on This Island. Only three this year. 
Excuse me. Revival. I never even heard of yeah, Lights of the Yeah. And then for Best Revival of Play, we have Angels in America, Lobby Hero, Three Tall Women, Iceman Cometh, and Travesties. Lobby Hero had Chris Evans in it. It did. Hmm. See, with Angels in America, that's my baby show. I know the whole play in and out. I used to be <laughs> dramaturg for that show when I was in college, so I have it memorized. You need to differentiate part one or part two. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're in repertory and they think it's the same thing and it's great theater, but we didn't know which part they're recognizing. And that may be something I may tweet tonight. Which together. part are we recognizing? Because Fathom will do it and they'll show part one. And then yeah. it's like, well, where's part two? It drives me absolutely crazy. Who does? Fathom events oh. will will bring up all these shows. They're, they're doing the, that's when they're bringing back the Oklahoma with Hugh Jackman. Mm. It's a Fathom event. So, Newsies is also coming back in August. Why? Oh he just left. He just left. No, that was like. So you can go to your local theater. That wasn't even last watch year. Fathom you mean events. on screen or you mean on stage? Just look on up screen. Fathom. Oh, never mind. Then. I thought you. Okay. Com. Sorry. I they did, a, they did a special filming with Jeremy Gut- Jordan. Okay. I was going to say. Okay. Half of the original cast. Mm-hmm. See, my thing with Angels is that they had it on Broadway before with, you know. Zach Quinto and I knew looking at the trailer it was a dud and then it kind of went away and got quiet and then they brought it again and Tony Kushner was all excited about it and I'm like okay this is a real deal but I'm not sure why I took that dud for this to happen I hate so. to ask this question but how did you feel about the film? Angels? Yeah <sighs> It wasn't bad I, okay. that. I didn't like Al Pacino in the role I thought he was a little too much Okay, but Jeffrey Wright was made me happy coming back and playing his original role mm-hmm. which was phenomenal because um, he's just a great actor all around. Yes. Uh, Justin Kirk, I think, fit prior. Lewis, Ben Shankman, who was on, he actually worked in the original production under Tony Kushner, so he's well-versed. I just, like, I just didn't care for Meryl Streep in the role, but they got to get people to watch it. So um, He just said he didn't care about Meryl Streep in the role. I, you just kind of said it under your yeah, breath. Yeah, yeah. I, no, it's fine. I get a lot of flack for that. I just, I respect her as an actor. I do. I just sometimes I think I just see Meryl. I don't see the Meryl character. Yeah. So, Meryl Streep, my cat. Yeah. <laughs> I just think she's, I, I like her a lot. I just wish she would just step back sometimes and say, let me let someone else. I understand she's prolific. I get it. But I just, I, I, I'm getting overwhelmed. Flaunt it. I just get overwhelmed. I'm getting a little streep. You're streeped out. Yeah. Okay. So. Is she up for anything this evening? Uh, no, Meryl okay. is not. So there we go. <laughs> oh, good. But we have Andrew Garfield, Tom Hollander, Jamie Parker, Mark Rylance, and Denzel Washington up for Best Actor in a Play. Three out of five of our uh, movie movie actors. Mark Rylance has become one of my favorites. Didn't he win the year before? Did he win an Oscar? Like he won for um, Jerusalem. Any of those new to the stage? He won twice? Uh, New to us, we have Jamie Parker. He I mean, won, uh, like anybody the from best the supporting film, actor, I think. New to stage. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure on Tom Hollander. Is he new to stage? Give me one second. He. Which one was he in? Travesties. Not sure. Name is not. Oh, we got Tony Shalhoub is nominated too, but he has a history. Um. But yeah, so this is a nice segue. I guess we can get into it. But we're going to be talking about a lot of actors coming from Hollywood to the lovely Broadway stage or just theater stage in general. Yeah. 
So that's um, why I'm asking the questions now. Mm-hmm. Ask away. We can. We can that's, do that's why I'm asking. Yeah, he was best supporting actor for Bridge of Spies. Right, and uh, they went on. Didn't he get a Tony for Frisalem, or is that something else? So I know he got a Tony for something. Are you gonna? He was also your, on Dunkirk. So do you? I mean, are you gonna give your um, predictions? Predictions. predictions? Uh, yes. Yeah. He's sure. gotten three awards. <laughs> He's talking about other things. Nice, Mark. Two all for best things. actor for Boing Boing in Jerusalem and best featured actor in Twelfth Night. Man. Wow. <laughs> okay. It's almost like Audrey McDonald over here. But, Mark uh, Rylance would be my pick on that list. Okay. Well, if you do what I do, like with the Oscars, you sometimes can guess what the Golden Globes, kind of, I'm not saying always, that the Drama Desk Awards were last night, and Andrew Garfield took it home for Best Actor. They did the Drama Desk last night, the <laughs> night before Tony. Yes. yes. What is wrong with them? I don't know. <laughs> Attention. That's a lot. Money. They're tired. Focus. And that would be like getting ridden over. Yeah. Are those aired? You're not even like. No, no you're they're not, not even mentioned on Monday. Mm-hmm. It's like the Indie Spirit Awards in the Oscars. Wow. You know, it's the same thing. It is. The thing with me in these nominations in general with Oscars and Tony Awards that is who I want to win versus who will win. I always have that yes. duality. Yes. Yeah. So Nathan should win for playing, mm-hmm. but he won't because he already has two. So and that's sad. I mean, he could have given one to Matt one time, but he didn't. But anyways, um, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's, it's hard. So Mark probably will win. Probably won't. Who knows? Andrew's a good actor, but... That's for late actor. I don't know. Anyway, for best leading Welcome actress. Welcome to our show where we have <laughs> many tangents. It's okay. <laughs> for best actress in a play, uh, we have Glenda Jackson, Condola Rashad, Lauren Ridloff, and Amy Schumer. Uh-huh. <sighs> I thought that Glenda Jackson will win it for Three Tall Women. Um, she's gotten the best reviews. Uh, obviously, it doesn't mean anything. I really hope Amy Schumer doesn't. Get I don't think it. they'll give it to her. I, don't. I really don't want her to have it. She didn't have a name on the ballot, but you know they do what they do to get people to watch. So mm-hmm. people watch the show because she's nominated. So mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. It's about what did she do? In Three Tall Women? No, I'm, I'm, I'm Amy Schumer. Oh, she did Meteor Shower. I don't know anything about that show. And do you? I, no, I deliberately kind of didn't out. know anything about that show. <laughs> okay. But for Best Leading Actor in a Musical, we have Harry Haddon Patton, Joshua Henry, Ethan Slater, and Tony Shalhoub. Shalhoub. And I think it's it's Ethan won for Drama Desk, but I think it's a, it's a tie for me between Ethan and Tony. I think Tony's going to win just for the sake that is Tony Shalhoub. I mean, he does, good, yes. he does good work, but it's also he's come a long way from his roots in theater. But. Mm-hmm. Have you have you watched Marvelous Miss Meisel yet? I've not yet. Semi Q, fantastic on that. Okay, love that show. Semi Q, Tony is great. And then we got leading actress in a musical. We got Lauren Ambrose, Haley Kilgore, Lachance, and uh, Katrina. A summer musical. Yes, Katrina uh, Lank, and Taylor Louderman, and Jesse Mueller. Jesse won for the for Carousel last night in the Drama Desk Awards. She's been on fire the last couple of years. She has. She has. So I've heard people people want Taylor Louderman to win. The Waitress. She did Waitress and the the Carol King musical. Carol King musical. So let's do. Side note of the Carol King musical, Supergirl. Melissa Benoist just stepped into. She can sing too. She just stepped into the role. 
Hmm. They had that one episode where Jeremy jo- Jeremy <sighs> Jordan came in. He sang, and then who was the villain that was singing? That was the. It was the guy from Glee. Yeah, I don't. He played the villain that turned yeah, him on the musical. Um, yeah, it's coming. Um, oh my gosh. He he played the maestro. I, yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, the whole time as they were casting all the CW shows, I was just like, "Wow, look at all these Broadway singers that they're casting." <laughs> yes. Ca- Tony Award winner. Tony Award winner. Tony Award winner. Yes. <laughs> I'm like this is awesome. When are we going to have the music? And they finally did. And they got Pasek and Paul to write a song. Yes. And my ex, crazy ex girlfriend. That's a good show too. It's kind of weird, but it's a good crazy ex girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's got. Um, She's from here on it. Uh, yeah, Donna. Yeah. Donna Champlin. And then we have Best Featured Actor in a Play, and I'm really shocked that Michael Sarah is on that list for Lobby Hero, and Anthony Boyle for Harry Potter, uh, Brian Tyree Henry for Lobby Hero, Nathan Lane for Angels, and David Morse for Iceman Cometh. Mm. It's nice to see David Morse on there. Mm-hmm. And then... It's been a while since he's been on Broadway. Yeah. David's been in Chicago, hasn't he, or am I mistaking him with someone else? He's been doing a lot of TV work. No, it's not David. Then it's someone else. What's his name? He's from William Peterson. Is what I'm talking about. Never mind. Because David's been doing, um, not Blacklist, um, the one with all the tattoos on her body. Okay, it's coming to me. They're FBI agents. He's the he's the bad guy in that. Okay. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and then we have. Best Featured Actress was Susan Brown. Noma, I cannot say her name. She played Hermione in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Uh, Deborah Finley, uh, Denise Goff, and Laurie Metcalf. Laurie's back. Yeah, I think she'll take it for Three Tall Women. Mm. But I don't really know the other nominees that well. So, Well, Laurie was nominated last year, wasn't she? What was this someone else? I think Lori was. She's been like two years in a row. I think she's been nominated for a play. And so. she got nominated yeah, for an Oscar. An Oscar. For yeah. Lady Bird. And then Best Featured Actor, we got Nor- Norbert Leo Boots. Again. Alexander. I can't say his name either. I'll take him any day of the week. Nor- Norbert. I love Norbert. I yes. Love and then Gray Henson, Gavin Lee, and Ariel Stachel. I think Gavin's going to take it for... Um, they've been showing him a lot on a lot of the Broadway mania stuff. Okay. For his, he's playing Squidward in what SpongeBob. Was, what was he in before? Gavin his Lee. Name is familiar. He's big. He's. I'm blanking though on what he's been in. But he does Squidward, and they've been showing that he they the way that they made his costume is that they have two legs that are attached to his back legs, and he does a tap dance <laughs> with four feet. So, um. I mean, he's gotten the the Tony. He's gotten nominations for best lead actor before. Okay. Oh, he was in Mary Poppins. Right. He was um, Bert. That's the last thing that I know he was in, and I actually saw him in that. Role. He was also in Beyond the Sea. Is that the Kevin Spacey vehicle you're talking about? Yes. Okay. I couldn't stand that, and I like Bobby mm-hmm. Darren music. And then best featured actress. We have a Rochester person, Renee Fleming in Carousel, Lindsay Mendez, uh, Ariana DeBrose, and Diana Rigg. Yeah. Hmm. And Ashley Park for Mean Girls. I don't know who will get that one. I don't know all no. of them that well. Hmm. But, and then 
We got the best scenic design, and I think Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is going to take it. I, yeah, I saw the set design. I saw the design. I thought for Frozen him. would be nominated, or this is play, I guess. So Frozen's not even nominated for the musical, but they, there's they show a scene where the ice all breaks down, and it's the actual set. I thought that was cool, but that might be the only thing about that set that's cool. In which one? Frozen. Frozen. I just saw bits and pieces of it. But I think for best scene design of a play, they've got Three Tall Women, Fair Nearly the King, Iceman Cometh, Angels in America, which is a beautiful yeah. set, which I would not I would not be upset if it won. And then Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. But Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, it looks like a scenic nightmare. Are we talking about like... Visual projections in the back plus physical or? I, I think it's just physical, the scenic okay. design. Because, I I mean, I've only seen pictures of, I don't think I've seen pictures of the actual Broadway show. I've seen it at the West End okay. and it just looked like, mm-hmm. I mean, they're trying to recreate Hogwarts on, on stage. stage. Perspective and all that. And I don't stuff. know if, if it's all physical or if it's um, all projected. That's a new thing too. Proje- I saw they miss here and they use real projections. Projections. Yeah. It was they had physical things coming in, of course, but mm-hmm. they also had a lot of. But I think that I think that gets lumped under lighting design, yeah, and their nominations, yeah. Interesting. And then best scenic design of a musical, they've got Once on This Island, Bands Visit, Mean Girls, My Fair Lady, and SpongeBob. Mm. I said SpongeBob because it just to put all the underwater, yeah, imagery. Um, I haven't really looked at Once on This Island set. Uh, the band's visit looks very, and not that that's bad, but it looks very simple. Yeah. And I don't know, obviously I'm not one of the voters. I don't know if they vote on com- like the com- complexity of it, but SpongeBob looks insane. Well, I saw the uh, Little Mermaid set mm-hmm. and I wasn't really impressed. Impressed, yeah. So it just depends, I guess, on what they're going for. And then best costume design, I said Angels in America. They went through, I mean, I saw the featurette on the West End production and all the wigs and all the makeup and how fast they do things and mm-hmm. the blood bag and stuff. Well, and the an- I saw the pictures of the angel scene. Right. And I was just blown away. It looks beautiful. And best costume design of a musical, they have Mean Girls once on this island, Carousel, and SpongeBob. I said SpongeBob because they had to take anim- animals and turn them into people for stage and as you I, I don't know if you've looked at the pictures but Spongebob is not a sponge he's a person a well Ethan Slater is well built well built young man he is not a sponge and he's and you know they've got Patrick I'm curious now you should look at the pictures short correction here projections are actually considered part of the set design okay, okay. there you go and then best lighting design of a play they have I think it's going to be a cross between Harry Potter and the Cursed Child and Angels in America. Give me that again, please. For best lighting design of a play. Oh, okay. They've I they have Harry Potter, Angels, The Iceman Cometh, Farinelli and the King and Junk. Angels. I said Angels, but I'm wondering because Harry Potter has a lot of those like spell casts and I don't know if that's projections or Lighting, I've just seen pictures, obviously. I'm going to go with Angels. That's my pick. I mean, there's a lot of dramatic things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then Have best light. Have you li- seen Angels before on stage? No. Oh, I want to. I will bring you on first. Valerie, what have you seen on stage? In my life? Yeah. Anything that's stood out to you over the test of time? Oh, my God. I, I can tell you. 
<laughs> besides hair. <laughs> no, not hair. No, I saw I saw hair in Wichita, Kansas, when I was a sophomore in high school, and I saw. I don't know which, when I saw it first, but I saw Lamez in New York, and I saw it in London, and hmm. I saw it in, in um, Chicago, and um, some other place. Um, I, That's not a bad one to see multiple times. Mm-hmm. I've seen that one a lot. Mm-hmm. I have seen Mary Poppins. With, I, I took her when she was 16. That was on Broadway. Hmm. And, you know, I would like... When I so when I took her, she was big in musicals, and I knew that that's that you know we were gonna go see something, and so we saw Mary Poppins. I didn't right because mm-hmm. I've seen now I've seen it twice. I guess I have because I saw something. Oh, I, oh, actually, I saw My Fair Lady with Jason on Broadway as well. Um, I, I'd like to see a play. I'm a play person, mm-hmm. and it's not like musicals aren't good, and it's I mean I. I mean, I love Les Mis because I love the music and my sister introduced it to me and I don't know. It's just, and then hair is, hair is mine. That's mine. So I, um, although somebody had to have bought the record, it's either my mother, I can't imagine my mother buying that record, but we had it. So um, I played that over and over again, but I haven't seen, I mean, I've seen, seen Spam a lot and I, you know, things here. But in Broadway, I haven't seen a lot. But I, I don't get to see a lot of plays. We're gonna fix that this year. There was well, and po- she's infamous for walking out of We're shows. Not walking out. I saw Mamma Mia in Las Vegas. Uh, I left, yeah. and she saw Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. I, I walked out. I oh oh yeah, I saw Lion King. Do you walk out? Um, no, but she wanted to. I wanted. It's to. a fantastic spectacle of puppetry. I was bored. Um. And I saw, gosh, I can't remember. I went to a lot of shows in Chicago. Oh, I saw Chicago in Chicago. Mm. How was it? Very good. I really liked that. Um, I thought they did a great job. You see the movie? Yeah. You like mm-hmm. it? It's sure. very different. I mean, sure. I mean, yeah. I feel like, what's her bucket? Um, Catherine or Renee? Renee. Renee. When she didn't win. Uh, it kind of threw her through a loop. Okay. She kind of like went a little nutty over that. Some of these actors throw themselves so much into it that when if they don't win, it's like Joaquin. There, it's like you no, know, these people just kind of go off the grid, flipping out, thinking I don't know what else I could do to throw. I mean, become that person. But I well, don't know. acting is an exhausting craft. It takes a lot out of you. I can't even imagine doing that show every. You know, when I when I went to go see Hedwig, I saw Hedwig with, um, my guy. And he's from Dexter. My God, Michael C. Hall. Thank you. I love Michael. C. I was Hall. trying to give her a chance. <laughs> no, I no, I know he was from Dexter, but I have the poster up, and I saw that with Dewey, who, again, you don't know yet. <laughs> Sorry, um, but yeah. I saw that, and that was the one show that I felt like I could have walked right back in and watched again. Yeah. I, I, I loved it, and he did a spectacular job. I had no idea he could sing that well. I was in shock. But uh, Jeremy had seen um, the original um, 
Hedwig. Okay. Neil. Neil Patrick Harris. He saw him. So. Do you know that Macaulay Culkin played Hedwig? No. Yeah. So did a Rochester. Tay. Tay Diggs. Yeah. That was kind of awkward for him. He made it, but he did it. So. Um. So yeah, I really enjoyed Hedwig. Hedwig, but. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I have seen some things. Well, I'm we're gonna get you going more this year. Limited. I, I have had Jiva tickets for the last. No, we got other theaters years. besides Jiva. No, no, I know, I know. But we're going to take you to those. But some of them are. There's a lot of new stuff coming to Jiva right. this year that are original stuff. So that's good. It's always new to could to see original stuff. Stuff that's that I haven't been anywhere yeah. else. True. But on the flip side of that, you also get things are a little bit rough every once in a while. <laughs> like the, corners the dog the corners. Need. The curious. Never mind. So Tony has an interesting take. I have a thing where I don't like um, Hollywood actors coming to Broadway. I mean, I know why producers do it. It's a cash cow for them. They mm-hmm. want to get people who like this guy or this gal and bring them to the stage and be like, oh, they're on stage. But sometimes it doesn't do well. And sometimes critics don't know how to be mean and tell the truth. Um, and What if it's somebody who started off in the theater and then but got is well in, but be, film yeah. and then decided to go back? I don't mind that Phil did it. Philip Seymour Hoffman did that very well. Um, Denzel has done it. Viola Davis has done it. It's just, I don't, some people really can't act on stage. They don't have Mm-mm. the presence for Mm-mm. it at all. Give us some examples of who you're talking You said about. Julia Roberts came No, in. no, not Julia Roberts. Jennifer Garner. I oh, can't remember right, the sorry. year, but she tried to be in the musical Cyrano de Bergerac. And it bombed so bad because she, it was primarily because of her. If you look up on YouTube, you can, can actually sing? find... Once again, I say it bombed because of her. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know she could sing. I don't. I didn't. Eh. She was not good. She, I mean, it's there's totally a difference between acting in st- on stage and acting in a film, and she did not do well. You can look up uh, there are scenes on YouTube of it. When I was in college, that's what we, our teacher showed us scenes primarily to show us some actors can't act both ways. Right. It's hard going to stage from film and vice versa, but some can do it, some can't, and that's okay. Just know your limits. I do like getting pleasantly surprised of mm-hmm. like when all of a sudden you like you've been watching a film actor or a TV actor and all of a sudden you find out, "Oh, mm-hmm. they can sing." Like I didn't realize Kevin Spacey can sing until um what was the Describe uh, the show. It was about. It was, <clears throat> describe it. I can tell you. No, I know. What you're it's, about. it's a film. Beyond it, it's based on uh, beyond somewhere the beyond the sea. Yeah, yeah. beyond the sea. The Bobby Darren story. Um, until it was that show, I'm like, oh wow, he's he been, can sing. He's been hinting really on singing good. in a couple yeah. films. Like you just as much as I hate to talk about him right now, yeah. it was just he's one of those prime examples mm-hmm. of like, oh, oh. nice. <laughs> well, I've noticed that it's really big, especially in TV shows nowadays. To have an episode where this cast that doesn't sing or dance all of a sudden sings and dances, like Grey's Anatomy or Supergirl. Um, Buffy did it too. Buffy, Buffy did, it did, too. did it too. And it's really, it's interesting to see the different ways they try to get into that. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, you've got all these people that you know can sing. How are you going to actually pull that off and not make it feel like, okay, awkward? I these think, people have just been smoking drugs. Well, I think for Grey's, what they did was that they said the girl had a she had a brain tumor or something and she was just seeing this happen and then for Supergirl it was because a supervillain that just so happens to be musically inclined but the chick, turned him in the, but the chick on 
Grays was a Broadway star. Which one? The what? one... Um, the main girl? No, 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 no. Um, the one who married George. I don't watch Grey's Anatomy. You're lying. You're on, you're on your own on this one. Holy cow. I'm going to look it up now. It's going to be too long. Um, the thing is, I mean, Sam Jackson is a primary example. Sam Jackson graced our Jiva stage in the 70s, and he's not been on stage, I think, in a while. Probably a long time, actually. But I would welcome him back in the right role. Maybe in a, I don't know, certain I don't know. show. It's hard for me. It's, it's hard. hard for me to see him even... <laughs> Imagine him being in a theater. I think we just used to him swearing, dropping bombs. But I mean, yeah. if he mellowed out a little bit, I think it'll be good. Mm. It's just he has his catchphrases that people all know, and I don't know. I just Denzel, Viola, Merle. I think know, Mark, Mark Rylance is a, a, yeah, a Mark, prime example. I mean, he kind of got plucked out of being yeah. on stage and became the screen actor. Yeah. Well, he became the I don't know what the word love actor of the. Yeah, the actor that Steven Spielberg loves to now oh, put in every boy. single yeah, one of his movies. Um, good luck charm. Yeah. And, uh, but he he's a good actor. Off. He's a great actor, mm-hmm. and I, I I love what he brings coming from theater into that. But it's nice to see that like he loves theater so much, he's going back and forth, back and forth constantly. Right. Um, you know, like Jake Gyllenhaal was... was he was uh, in Sunday in the Park with George. George. How, did they, how was that? Um, <laughs> Sarah Ramirez? Yeah. Don't no? Know. No one knows her? Jake was in This Is Our Youth with Hayden Christensen and okay, Anna right. Paquin sometime a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Like, my friend Mario has a poster of Jake and Hayden and mm-hmm. Anna Paquin from the West End production of the show. I can't um, see Anna Paquin. <laughs> I mean, a poster, not a click-click picture. But, um, so it, how do you feel about actors when they've transformed a stage show into a film? I think it could be done well. It's just sometimes it's not. I mean, Tracy Les adapted his play August to film, and I think it worked. Yeah. It wasn't my favorite adaptation, but I think it worked okay. I saw that being able to go crossover. There are some shows, though, that are just like, um, what do you call those? Think tanks or bottle tanks, um, bottlenecks, where they're just in one location, and it doesn't lend itself to being on film because you're just in one room. I mean, 12 Angry Men is different. That could be cinematic. Um what is it called? Um, a Few Good Men translated well over to screen. But sometimes all the verbosity of talking, stage talking, mm-hmm. does not translate well. And it takes a good writer to say, this is not necessary. We're going to cut that out. And this is describing something that we can show visually. It's knowing the craft, knowing your medium, knowing theater versus film writing and how we, I don't know say that, I guess, bring over the essential ingredients from mm-hmm. both forms. So you can take a film and bring it to stage, but... The film, the stage going to theater, I mean, stage going to film can be kind of difficult. I mean, Tony said he spent a long time adapting Angels from the stage show to the film, and they gave him more free reign than usual, saying, well, this is an epic show, so do what you need to do. But he still cut a lot out of it. It's still there, but mm-hmm. I mean, even that long speech that Lewis gives in a cafe, mm-hmm. that's a long, six minute long monologue mm-hmm. that Lewis is just talking. And Tony said, I still cut things out of it. I mean, he cut, you know, the opening of part two. There's a whole sequence. Mm-hmm. And he cut that out, too. A lot of people think that part two just opens with the angel coming, but there's a whole different yeah. opening monologue. And it's things like that that you save for time because people in film don't have attention spans. But when it works well, it works well. When it doesn't, it doesn't. And, mm-hmm. and I appreciate people bringing theater to film. It's just, I would rather sit in a concert viewing of a stage show or a special one-night engagement of a performance, like Rent, 
was filmed on Broadway and they broadcast it in theaters and put it on DVD. I'll sit through that versus watching Rent, the movie, <laughs> with the almost original cast and Rosario being auto-tuned. And, um, it, the, okay, I'm going to segue. That movie was what I wanted to do for the longest time, Rent, mm-hmm. the movie. But then Chris said, oh, my daughters wanted me to do it. I'm going to make it PG-13 so they can watch it. And that upset me. And then you have the cast of Green to do this bleh, version of mm-hmm. Rent. And then you have Rosario who can't sing. And then you have Tracy who actually can sing who has wanted to be on in Rent her whole life. She saw yeah. the original cast when they were on Broadway. And her dream came true, working alongside them. But then you have Rosario, just cute, pretty Rosario there as eye candy. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's just the, their decisions about changing the time element of the show. And I was the, happy to see the movie being made, but then actually watching it in the theater, I walked out a couple of times. My friend Mark can confirm it. I walked out, so I'm going to the bathroom. And I was so annoyed. I'm like, this is just doesn't make sense. I, it, I, it's hard. It it is hard. I mean, yeah, you can you can have something that is really good stage film or stage musical or stage play, and get ruined when it gets transferred over to film. But I enjoy the process. I enjoy like knowing that oh, they're going to turn that into a film, and whether it ends up being good or bad, I appreciate that somebody actually took the approach mm-hmm. to say how can we adapt this in a way that we can because having people just all of a sudden in the middle of conversation start singing is not normal so right. how do you make that feel normal in a film well that's the thing rent was a rock opera which is why it's rent the rock opera but they made the movie a talkie slash mm. it, it became a musical mm-hmm. which sorry if people think that's the same thing but an opera it's is not. mostly singing the whole time and even in rent the musical on stage there are a few spoken lines, but in the movie they broke it up by having them have dialogue, and I'm like, I can't even remember. I think it they, just it just comes from how the they are going to tell the story. Right. They set the tone. I mean, I don't know if any of you have seen Repo, the genetic opera. I've seen parts of it now. It's it's a different kind of film, and it's an opera, and it's just like the world that you're in that it sets that tone of you can sing right now. Like it's like um, the last five years. Right. They just sing the entire time, like Les Mis. That makes sense. So, and see, I lo- and speaking of Les Mis, I loved how they approached the singing of that. It was, you know, it wasn't overly audio produced. It was very just like all of a sudden they just started talk singing, and then let that be the way that they were singing in the film. But they didn't do it in studio. <clears throat> they filmed them when they were singing in right live. Yeah, so and, and unfortunately, it produced some things that were, in the end, unwanted. But for the most part, it worked and. You I know. would still see it on theater. I mean, I, on the theater. Like, I don't own the movie, and I don't watch it over and over again. I like the stage performance of it. Yeah. And I, I guess what I'm just trying to say, like, what I appreciate about the film is, like, them actually going to different locations and, sure. like, mm. taking it out of, like, oh, yeah, I'm looking at somebody's set design and the lighting, and actually. you're looking at everything in a very flat format, yeah. whereas the film format allows you to see things in a 3D world mm-hmm. and how those get interacted and you're not looking at the side of somebody's face as they're singing to somebody else and it just gives a different approach to it and yeah I've seen some shit but I've seen some stuff that I really enjoy and I'm like I hope it continues like that's why I'm excited to see In the Heights being mm-hmm. made for 2020s because that means the musical format in film is still going to continue to happen and that was something that with a couple of the disasters of the last couple of years that they're like, oh, it finally might be dying out. And, you know, this is something that's happened in the past. We went 
yeah. almost 20 years, I think, between a couple of the musical films of the 70s until we started getting them. It's like Moulin Rouge 90s. was the first kickoff, mm-hmm. right? And it didn't win best, music, best Picture, but then Chicago came out and won Best Picture the following year. So I think Moulin Rouge opened the doors for us to be excited about. And I think you also got that going for you, too, when you have something that is created specifically for a film right you, you it doesn't have any like you're not comparing it to what it's been on stage you're not comparing the mm-hmm. lead singer or the uh, lead actress versus what their it's a different medium right. was and so they're open to like okay we're doing this with nothing to compare to so mulan was a perfect example la la land right. you know some people hated it some people loved it i love their little takes of like being able to to bring it out there, but they weren't being compared to something that was right. already out there. Right. Well, in Hairspray, Burlesque. I mean, well, I mean, like, uh, I feel like sometimes going from stage to screen, it's just a different medium for even the songwriters to play with. Because, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but Sweeney Todd, the film with Johnny Depp, I mean, yeah. that was just a, and I mean, Stephen Sondheim got to work on the film and it was just like a totally different paintbrush for him to play with and just change how it all came around because I've watched the actual show on YouTube and it's just a completely different experience than the Tim Burton film. Right. This is a good example as Into the Woods. Mm. Into the Woods. It They cut so much of the original show. She loves the original show. I it was a good show. I was born out of my mind. That was the show that kept me in theater. And I know. the movie... I feel terrible. I'm sorry. I, the movie's oh. fun. It's Disney, but oh. I mean, they got all these huge name actors, Meryl being one of them, and it was just to show that I feel the movie was just like, hey, we want to do this. All these actors kind of went, oh, I've always wanted to be in that. Let's do it. And I mean, it was fun, but it's not. It's so, watchable. It's not, yeah. Okay. I know. That sounds terrible. Yeah. My family couldn't watch the actual, because I have the actual stage play on DVD. Yeah, it's nice. So. It's hard, though. I mean, my wife saw Jersey Boys. We saw Jersey Boys, the musical. And she saw it actually at um, the auditorium when it came to mm-hmm. a tour. And we were watching the movie, and I couldn't tell if she liked it or not. So, Grace, <laughs> if you're listening, you need to comment if you liked it or not. You probably won't. But um, me watching it, I'm like, mm, you made some choices, some cuts that kind of took, took me out of it. Like mm-hmm. the ending, where you're waiting for them to do the whole thing, it just became like a montage slash. It didn't work for me, the ending. But Well, the thing the- that killed me about Into the Woods is that the whole reason that she sings... Um, children, children won't listen. Right. Um, it's because her daughter dies, and in the movie, she just rides away with the prince. What? Spoiler, by the way. Yeah, that's the thing I don't understand: why they make certain decisions, like why they are. I mean, I know screenwriters lose all rights to their film, their baby, when they sell it, mm-hmm. which is sad because in theater, the playwrights own that thing, and they can have a right to say, "No, you're not going to change my lines at all." So I don't understand why the lack of respect happens in film. I don't get it. I understand that the director is the mastermind behind yeah. everything, but it's like, why can't you have equality there? The writer spent this long working on this story. Why not go to them and say, can we fix this? Can we work this out? But like I said, it was cut so much out of it. It's like, is that for the audience's sake? Because it's not a kid's musical. Not I mean, I can understand why they cut a lot of the killing things out of it because it was so bloody on the stage play. But, but that's... That's the show. Oh, it's not a kid's fairy tale movie. Yeah. So it's, it's like a cartoon. They're not just for kids anymore. They're for adults, too, which I'm going to segue into that later because there's an awesome trailer we saw this week that was sweet. But um, Well, I think that about wraps up our stew for the day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> our impromptu stew. 
So what, what, what kind of stew would this be? Hmm. Hashing out. Chuck that I stew. did not. Uh, <laughs> you talked a little bit. I, I did. Got did. I did. I mean, Powder it was nice of you to. Like, what have you seen? Uh, so Tony what's next week or next show's topic here next show I have a baby coming as you all know I haven't talked about it a lot but Sebastian is due the 22nd of June so um, I thought about my childhood and said what would I want to be who did I want to be so I decided next due we should talk about characters in novels or in TV shows or in movies that we watched growing up or even now that we wanted to be like I, I totally know my, love this. my I love brother this. <laughs> wanted to be Blade for the longest time. He wanted to be Spawn. So let's just think about that. Let's find a role or a character that we wanted to be growing up. <laughs> That's all I did. And <laughs> I just want to be somebody else. How does it make us feel now thinking about it? Like maybe you wanted to be Harrison Ford in Raiders. You wanted to be Andy Jones. We don't know. <laughs> Han Solo. We don't know. But I wanted to be the Hulk. There you go. So it's just you know we, I would not I don't mean to laugh at that I'm just, I would not have pegged that as, dude I had a Hulk toy box I had a Hulk I was like I pretended to be the Hulk I had Hulk underwears <laughs> tried yeah anyway so that's what I want to talk about let's talk about what was it growing up or now that we say hey I want to be that character I want to be Felicity so. oh. well let's reach into the grab bag <laughs> that sounds fun that does sound fun good job I think too much. I'm sorry. But um, yeah, that's what I want to talk about next time. Into the Kids Corner with Valerie Vidmar. Okay. So I have watched a couple of episodes. Kendra's watched all of the episodes. Um, however, today's Kids Corner was brought to you by my 13-year-old niece, Mackenzie, who told me <laughs> she um, is a listener of the show. And she told me for Kids Corner that I should do Anne with an E, which is on Netflix. It's an original. Um, I watched, it's a, based off of Anne Green Gables, mm-hmm. um, which I watched, uh, oh, I watched it a while ago. I, watched, I think I watched even on tape or something. My, my girlfriend, Becky, made me watch it over and over again because she was in love with the boy on the show. Gilbert. Gilbert. And anyway. Mackenzie's in love with this Gilbert on the show. Oh, wait, embarrassing. But, um, <laughs> so. You just turned her face red. <laughs> uh, yeah. She she's, knows. She's, uh, so she told me to <clears throat> recommend that. And I think it is a great recommendation. I watched the first couple of episodes and really, really enjoyed it. Zoe struggles um, with, they do show Sam some of Anne's early life, which was abusive. And Zoe, yeah, that, that was too much for her. So she. She cut that off pretty quickly. So, yeah. are you a fan of Anne of Green Gables in general? Not including I have not the read the books, and I saw the old TV shows, and I liked what I saw of this one. But you saw it, yes. I watched the entire. I watched the entire thing, and I read the first book when I was in grade school. Mackenzie, who's my sister, she is. They she got the whole series for Christmas, and so she's slowly going through that because she loves the show. But the the show is. The, I will say the first episode's a little hard to get into because it's kind of darker than you would think Anne of Green Gables would be because it's setting up it was why Anne is the way she is, this optimistic, romantic, she romanticizes life and everything. There's a reason for everything. And so they kind of set that up and it's kind of sad. But as the episodes go along, you start to cheer for Anne and 
you do start to like Gilbert because he's one of the few that are nice to her. So it's a different take on, I think, Anne of Green Gables. It definitely Well, now is. for a different, different take. So I photographed for <clears throat> Merry-Go-Round down in Auburn. July 5th, they're opening up Anne of the Green Gables mm. musical. Brand new musical, folk rock <gasps> musical. So Ooh. Oh. there gives you something different to start July 5th. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you have Nasty Book of the Week game? Do we have any? All right. Nobody. No. Everybody, everybody Move right really into busy. the radar. Tony, looking kind of empty there. It is. Um, I'm going to try reading some books. I don't know what yet, but I'm just going to probably be doing a lot of reading and writing and when things pop up, they pop up. I have nothing. If you're trying to write something, it's going to be difficult. No, I can read and write at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to get a little difficult in the next couple of weeks, though. For I mean, you'll be fine. Bit. That's so, kind of what I was thinking. Juggling the two. Well, I don't sleep, so four hours a day, I'm, I'm good. So Really? Yeah. Wow. I feel like I have a hangover with four hours I can't sleep. do four hours. I've been not. doing that since I was young. I can just four hours of sleep is all I need. So Some people are built like that. My problem is I, I wake up regularly like 6 to 6.30. Like, I could, like, not set an alarm and I'm going to wake up at that time. So if I go to bed at 9 o'clock, I'll wake up at 6 o'clock. If I go to bed at 2 o'clock, I wake up at 6 o'clock. What is the system that I do where either I <laughs> let myself get really tired, then I crash, or I go to sleep every two hours, I try to take a 15-minute nap or something like that, and it usually adds up to four hours. But I don't... Sleeping is boring to me. I find it really not necessary, oh. so... How about you, Kendra? Anything on your radar? Uh, Hereditary yeah. is the film that <laughs> Valerie and I want to see very badly. Uh, uh, go ahead. Oh, and I'm, she's gonna. I'm having her watch The Fall, which is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. From maybe, season one. Um, yeah, starting okay. with season one. But um, and then I'm watching uh, Marcella. Actually, came out on Netflix, and it was at 2016. And I watched the whole thing and I loved it. But they. I mean, 2017 went by, and I thought, okay, well, they're not going to do anything. And then all at once, it popped up yesterday. This series? Yeah. Okay. This series, I'm sorry, on Netflix. And uh, I was so excited, but then I realized that after two years, yeah, I got to go back. So now I'm rewatching the first season, and it's like I've never seen it. Um, but yeah, I like Marcella on Netflix, and then hopefully we'll get to the theater this week to see Hereditary, and well, that's about it. And then another thing that's on mine, I've been watching Riverdale, mm. which I don't know if any of you've been Let watching. Let me know how that is. I'm, I'm, I'm only curious because now they just did Carrie the Musical, mm-hmm. and it's like, do I want to watch all of Riverdale just to lead well, up to understand everything going into that? I Okay, I only started to watch it because my sister wanted to see it really badly because her friends are watching it, and that doesn't really help my case. I'm 23, she's 13. But I really enjoyed it. I used to watch Archie the cartoon when I was younger. And so it was just this different tank. I think Cole, I'm McKenzie and I are in love with Cole Sprouse who plays Jughead. He, they've changed everything. It's not the same. It's got murder mystery. It's dark. I don't know. Zoe cannot watch it. Um, so that is not a kid's corner thing, but (laughs) so I've been, I've just been curious to watch it. I've heard good things about it. I just, it was surprisingly good issues with like, I've watched so many high school I tried stuff to watch it. That it's just I'm to the point like, do I really want to well, my watch mom, more high school drama? My mom watched a couple episodes and she seemed to like it because I mean Mackenzie and I didn't know because we're young, but there are the people who are playing the older people, I guess, were teen heartthrobs 
when she yeah, was okay. in uh there is who's the bad guy in scream the main one he plays the dad of jughead and then there's a couple of teen heartthrobs from beverly hills and yeah. they, they are the dads and moms like molly Priestley? ringwald is oh. a mom Really? Yeah, she plays the mom of Archie, and she does not look like she did in Breakfast Club. Just <laughs> saying that right now. Are talking like Jason Priestley or Aaron Zerling? What's or, he's got a weird name? The guy from Scream. I don't think it's the main one. No, it's like either Beverly, whatever. Um, but yeah, hmm. cool. So Hereditary, Riverdale, mm-hmm. Fall, Marcella, 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 Marcella. Are you? Me, oh. <laughs> saw two movies over the last couple of weeks. Hotel Artemis saw last night, and I saw Action Point last week. How was Hotel um, Artemis? Well, I'll go into Action Point first. Okay. I was disappointed that Action Point wasn't actually based off of the Action Point in New Jersey. They set it in California mm. and kind of improvised. So it was like they had an opportunity that even though, like, yeah, it was Johnny Knoxville lead and, like, dumbass stunts happening – they could have actually told the story oh. of the show of the actual park. Instead, they kind of fictionalized everything that mm. happened and made it funny. So there were some funny parts in it, but it was uh, what you would expect after out of a jackass crowd type show. Um, Hotel Artemis, um, Jodie Foster, and Jeff Goldblum. Mm. One would think this would be a good movie. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm. <sighs> Needed more people in the hotel would be my first thing. There okay. was like, you got Charlie Day, um, so the was girl it, who played the mummy. Okay. And then uh, I can't remember the, the main so actor. So it wasn't populated enough for you, you think? Like there wasn't enough? There wasn't enough tension okay. going on as to like, you know, they try to play the tension of like Zachary Quinto okay. and Je- was Jeff Goldblum's son okay. coming to the hotel and, you know, th- there's like really there's no tense action scene until like the last 10 maybe 15 minutes of the movie sounds horrible um and so they it was almost like a bait and switch because this dealt more with Jodie Foster's loss of her son mm-hmm. and her uncovering how he died mm. and her revenge for that huh. and it, I don't recommend either one of the movies okay I mean <laughs> there are, if you have a rainy day maybe don't even put in action point. Okay. Maybe on Hotel Artemis, but it's nothing special. Jodie Foster plays a really weird hmm. nurse lady. Um, and my cue, almost finished with Lost in Space. I just haven't had any time to catch up on anything. Incredibles 2 comes out this week. Tag comes out this week. And before we have oh, a show, be fun. Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. We'll probably go to Jurassic. We'll probably go to Incredibles 2. And then uh, so still Ocean's 8. Two came out this week. I don't have any interest in watching that. I feel bad. I just want to see it to see it. I guess. Yeah. By the she way, the Super Mario over there. No. By the way, the two actors who were in Riverdale are Luke Perry and Skeet Ulrich. Oh, Luke. Skeet Ulrich. That's the poor man's giant Depp. Yeah. Poor Skeet. He's good in that too. Wasn't he in Worst Celebrity Chefs of America like a week ago? I just know him from Scream. Okay. Because he plays the boyfriend. Okay. Hmm. Cool. Anything else? 
Oh, um, I don't know. Um, there's a new Spider-Man trailer that came out this past week that oh, yes. got me all Spider-Man excited. Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. We've got Miles appearing, and he's yeah. just phenomenal. Got like an adult Peter Parker, which I like. And Spider-Gwen. Yes. Spider-Gwen. I like seeing Peter grow up. And Haley Steinfeld does her voice. Oh, okay. That's the other movie that trailer that came out. <laughs> yes. So, sorry. Bumblebee. <laughs> yes. With Haley Steinfeld in it. Yeah. It's like, I'm excited to see Haley Steinfeld. I don't know if I'm excited to see another Transformers movie. No. No. It was kind of cool. Yeah. And then I found out that she was doing Spider-Gwen. I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. That's cool. But yeah, it should be cool. So. Awesome. Um, well, as we talked about on the the start of the show, you know, suicide sucks. And, um, you know, reach out to somebody if you see them in need. And uh, if you need the help, don't fear to reach out. Call somebody. Uh, that Text number me. is 1-800-273-8255. So 1-800-273-8255. Just know that whatever feelings that you're feeling, somebody else has felt them or is feeling them. You are not alone. So give a call or text or an email or something, If whatever you can do. Yep. And, you know, if you're out there. Smile at somebody. Say hi to somebody. I agree. Be kind. You know, somebody might be having a bad day and you might think it's resting bitch face or it just might be them just having a really, really bad day. And just by you saying hello, hi. Or smiling. Give them a hug. Give them a Even if it's unwanted. Just make sure it's... (laughs) (laughs) They're nice, kind. Yeah. Let's not go into the bad unwanted hugs. Um, Yeah. Just be cool. Be kind. Tony, where can we find you? I'm all over Facebook and on Twitter at S-M-T-O-R-C-H-I-O. On Instagram, too. I'm not sure my handle, but it's something that I made up. But find me on one of those Twitters or Facebooks, and uh, I'll link you to it. Kendra, you seem like a social person. I am. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat. What's your tag? Uh, For Instagram, I am Kendra Jane. Or um, in my Snapchat is khack15. I have been pretty quiet. I have not really been on anything. So, yeah. Well, you're on drugs right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, uh, we still don't know. I think I'm Instagram at PennyLine64. I, I still so. believe that's mm-hmm. what it is. I I, so. But I haven't posted or anything. I actually it's the had. the Twitter one where you have two accounts. I actually had a friend that I that contacted me through Facebook and said, I haven't seen you posting. I was just wondering if everything was okay. Hmm. Well, if she listens to the show, she'd figure out. No, I'm no. just, what I'm saying is I do think it's interesting yeah. that I would know, I don't know if I would ever notice if somebody wasn't on. On Facebook. On that I, much. I come and go with Instagram. Nice. It's like I'll be on it for like a couple of weeks and then. But that's a great example of reaching out and just checking to see if Benny is okay. Right. That's kind of cool. Sweet. And Valerie has been wearing an awesome shirt this whole time that I haven't said anything about because it's actually a cool thing for two different reasons because it's Live and Let Die, Paul McCartney, and I love it because it's also a James Bond movie. <sighs> That's fine. I got it at a uh, at one of his uh, shows. Yeah. So, yeah. I enjoy it very much. Just yeah. that. <laughs> Plus, uh, I do have... I do have the entire live and let die. I videotaped from my videotaped. Sorry. I taped from my phone uh, one of his concerts and it. I 
warned the people around, like, okay, just chill. It's going to pop. And when I took her, I took Kendra two years ago in Philly. What's going to pop? Uh, they stage everything. Live and let die. Boom. Oh, I thought and you were entire, talking about what you were recording. Fire. <laughs> no, no, no. no the stage. The stage. The stage. He's it. like pyrotechnics. Everything is just in enormously loud and awesome and it's the best thing and she started I have There's her screaming <laughs> like it was fun. it's crazy it's the, very cool it's the best song on the tour everybody looks forward to that kind of and closing after following up with that one of the best things I loved about the Jack White concert it was a phone free show oh, that's you cool you had to put your stuff into a thing you couldn't have any smart gadgets or not. they kicked out like five people like literally yanked him out of the crowd and walked him out the door. Well, if you're Art Garfunkel, yeah, you just end your show. Mm. He just said, "I'm done," and left <laughs> because uh, people I'm were on the phone. That he didn't because that would have no. You know, no, I'm saying I'm Jack. glad Jack oh, did yes. because that would have really sucked for the people that were actually listening, doing what they're supposed to do. But right, well, thank you. You can find me pretty much everywhere at GF Media. You can find us at culturalstew.net, at culturalstew.net on Twitter, and culturalstew on Facebook. Thank you. Catch you later. Ciao. The intro and break music is Please Listen Carefully by Jazir, available through the Creative Commons license from Free Music Archive. The outgoing music is provided by Epidemic Sound. Please see our show notes for details on what the outgoing song is and who it is by. And also, as always, if you have a piece of music that you'd like us to play or consider playing, please contact us today.
Like what you've heard? Want to continue to hear more? Please consider Patreon. What is Patreon, you ask? Patreon is a content creator support site, a way for people to support the things they love and allow creators to continue creating the content that they love. Please consider heading over to patreon.com slash gfmedia and becoming a Patreon supporter today.